To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. Things are really changing. There are good people here. People across North Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose to have a convention here. Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting to happen. But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, we're always going to surprise you. In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat. We need to recognize that we have an opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think Texas is not only going to turn blue, it's just a question of when. Now that will tell you that we have progressed. Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival. And hello everyone out there on TuneIn and on our streaming player here on Indie Media Weekly. I am Jonathan Matthews, your host, and I would like to welcome you back or welcome you for the first time to our third episode of Southern Progressive Revival here on Indie Media Weekly. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you thus far, and we hope to bring you a lot more in the near future. Tonight, we have a very, very huge pile of stuff to bring you from Bernie, and it is a good pile, I assure you. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Lisa back from her reporting live from the Greensboro, North Carolina event that Sanders was over. And we also have some wonderful news from an evangelical pastor who was able to hear him speak at the Liberty U event the day after. But we will get into that here in just a moment. Uh, for right now, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our very own Ms. Producer, Janet Lee, from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri, so she can say howdy and tell you all about a little bit of news that we reported on last week. Oh, hi, everybody. It's nice to see you. And what news is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, well, the, oh, are you uh, talking about Gander? The r runoff election. Oh, results. okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Not I thought we were going to drop that. Uh, yes, Margie Matthews won. I'm so excited. She was the one, if you'll remember, that uh, was one of the two that were running for Clementa Pinckney's uh, seat, who was assass assassinated at Emanuel Amy Church. And she won by 56% of the vote. And she will face off with two with Alberto Fernandez, a Republican, October 20th. So if you're in that area and able to, please go vote. Yes, indeed, because I, I have to selfishly say, as I said last week, having a Senator Matthews would be fun. So being able to report on that would be cool, just in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, rock on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Janet. And also joining us back from her triumphant media debut at the Bernie Sanders rally in Greensboro, North Carolina, where is where she also resides, is Lisa Chapel. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you, Jonathan, and welcome listeners. Uh, glad to have everybody out there, and um, hope you enjoy the show tonight. Absolutely. So uh, Adam is has been having some uh, issues with his computer since last night, and he also is working. So we're not sure if he will be on tonight or not. But if not, I am sure that Lisa, Janet, and I can handle this just fine. So don't you worry. Uh, tonight's Damn Yankee is going to be Paul from Paul's Memory Bank. We're really looking forward to talking to him. And our Southern Hospitality guest is going to be Cool Black Dude, a.k.a. Joey, who you all know 
very well and love. So we are tremendously excited about that. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the Sandus in Gentlefolks and Situations. Well, it turns out that the people in Greensboro and people all over this country are saying enough is enough. That this great country and our government belong to all of us and not just a handful of very wealthy people. Gentlefolk and situations. All right. So that audio was from the very top of the speech from Bernie Sanders when he came to Greensboro, North Carolina last Sunday. Uh, With just five days notice, he managed to get a crowd of 9,100 people. So that is incredibly good news. Um, You know, even here in North Carolina, Greensboro is one of the more liberal cities here in the triad, which is in the center of the state. But despite that, the fact that he was able to get that crowd so quickly is just phenomenal. And Lisa was there live, of course. We got her on the phone for a minute. Uh, She recorded some excellent audio, which we unfortunately were not able to get onto the air tonight. But uh, she has tons of pictures that we will be bringing to you as they are available. And without any further ado, I will hand it over to Lisa, who will be telling us all about the great experience that she had. Thank you. And uh, I'm glad you got to hear the roar of the 9,100 people. Um, That was the roar of the crowd, and they were extremely excited um, to have Bernie there. Um, He actually came out on stage to the song of Rockin' in the Free World by Neil Young. And, of course, like I said, the crowd was excited and enthusiastic. Um, Let's see. They they were all um, excited to hear, you know, what Bernie had to say. Um, And as I looked around at the faces in the crowd, I noticed that... um, the crowd was predominantly young people. There were tons and tons of young people there um, from colleges all around. Um, we have several different colleges uh, in the area, um, A&T, State University, um, UNCG, um, Winston-Salem State. Uh, so as I looked around in the crowd, I saw uh, young faces of young people. And um, as he stepped out to the podium, Sanders asked the crowd, are you guys ready to make a political revolution? At which the crowd replied, yeah. (laughs) And it it was awesome. You could just feel everybody was stomping and raising their their, um, uh, little signs that they had made up in the air. They were just going crazy. Um, And Sanders, um, he he started off his speech, he, he addressed major corporations by saying, Uh, You are not going to continue sending our jobs to China and other countries when millions of Americans desperately need work here. Um, He also addressed uh, inequality. Um, According to Sanders, um, uh, it is among income and racial groups. Um, uh, He said a study he commissioned this summer found that unemployment rate of young African-American high school graduates is almost 20 percentage points higher than their white classmates. Um, And he also said, um, what we are doing is turning our backs on an entire generation of young people. Um, He said that many people who are employed and earn minimum wage of $7.25 an hour are earning what he calls a starvation wage. And he uh, said that we need to raise the minimum wage to a living wage at $15 an hour. 
Um, and of course, um, during his remarks, um, which lasted about an hour and a half, um, he focused heavily on income and wealth inequality. Um, he also um, talked about the unarmed African-Americans who died at the hands of the police or while in police custody. Um, he added that um, the vast majority of police officers out there are, of course, honest. Um, they work hard and do a great job. Um, Sanders concluded that any officer that breaks the law must be held accountable. And I agree with that as well. Um, Sanders also vowed to take a hard look at the so-called war on drugs and to create a pathway for those who have served time in jail uh, back to civil society. And if you've known anyone in jail or has been incarcerated for a time, uh, whenever they get out of jail, they just kind of kick them out on the street, no money, nowhere to go, um, unless they have some family. And <clears throat> it's not a surprise that they wind up, wind up back in jail. So, um, and he also talked about when the Republicans talk about family values, they mean women should not be able to control their own bodies. He said that he disagreed with that, and so do I. He proposed eliminating profiteering by the federal government on student debt by taxing Wall Street speculation. Um, he said the working class bailed out Wall Street, and so now it's Wall Street's turn to, to help out America. And let's see, he also, <clears throat> he also criticized a U.S. Supreme Court decision altering the Voting Rights Act that enable lawmakers to make changes without getting pre-approval from the U.S. Justice Department. Um, he said, hours after that decision, you had Republicans all across the country figuring out ways to suppress the vote of poor people, of old people, of people of color. Um, Sanders said they are doing it all over the country, including North Carolina. And he said, I say to those governors and those members of legislature who are too cowardly to stand on their own ideas, and are working hard to try to prevent people from voting, get another job. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. I mean, he he pretty much laid it out on online, um, uh, you know, chastising major corporations for sending our jobs over overseas, and you know, um, you know that people shouldn't buy their products if they're going to send you know send the jobs over overseas. And, um, you know, talking about um, uh, uh, women who are on, um, you know, welfare and, you know, Republicans are constantly barking, you know, to get a job, get a job. Well, you sent her job overseas. So so therefore she can't get a job. Mm -hmm. And then you want to take take away her SNAP benefits, you know, and WIC and all this other stuff to help feed her children. And. You don't want to pay for daycare so that somebody can get a job. Um, you know, all of this stuff just doesn't add up. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell, Jonathan, is what happened. <laughs> that is awesome. And of, of course, you, you and I are the Bernie supporters on the show. Yeah. Um, Janet loves Hillary and... We, of course, will love Hillary and vote for Hillary as well, if she wins. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but um, j just because you're you're a fan of Bernie, and I know that it had to have been exciting to go um, and see him. And this is this was your first time seeing him in person, correct? Yeah, he, he looked a little older than I expected. 
Um, but Bernie is the man. He's a rock star. Absolutely. Yes. So <laughs> how excited were you? I mean, did did it really... Were you nervous? Were you just ecstatic? Everything. Everything. And and I was also up on the, the risers uh, uh, battling for a spot to get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I was elbowing other photographers so that I could get to the front. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, I mean, the place was packed and people just kept coming in. I mean, uh, you know, not only just supporters, but also uh, media and they just kept getting on the risers and I'm thinking, are we going to collapse? No. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I mean, I had like a bird's eye view of where I was at. I mean, like, like right next to him uh, where I could see him really well. And then um, later on, I moved uh, down in front so that I could get a frontal view, and uh, that was a good a good place to be too as well. I mean, you know, they had the risers up above um, the crowd, but um, but yeah, Bernie is a rock star. Absolutely, and I'm I'm so so happy that you got to do that for us, and I'm I'm happy that you were willing to go out as a reporter. Um, did you happen to have any bruises after battling all the other photographers for our no. position? <laughs> no, I, I, I came out unscathed, thankfully. Um, I also want to say, um, I forgot to add this, that Bernie Sanders is extremely proud of the fact that he is not involved with any type of super PACs, um, uh, you know, financing his campaign. He gets money from regular people like you and me. Um, he said, I think he said during the speech that his average uh, donation was like $31. Um, mm. And also uh, he did talk about making education. Let's see. Uh, introducing legislation, which will make every public college and university tuition free. And he talked about um, how, you know, he would pay for that and um, he would put a tax code on, Wall Street, I think, for speculation. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he said. But, um, but yeah, Bernie was he was definitely he was he was really he was really telling everybody exactly what we wanted to hear. I mean, and I'm I'm hoping that he can, if he does get elected, that he can achieve everything that he has talked about. Um, I'm kind of skeptical about that because of. Congress, <laughs> but um, but I'm still hopeful. I understand completely, and you know, co- Congress has just really been uh, a, a bully the entire Obama presidency, and it's been painful to deal with. He's he still managed to get a lot done. I, I think that we we all should give him a round of applause for oh, that. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think so too. Um, he really had his work cut out for him. Oh yeah. Absolutely. From the very beginning, and only because he's black, which is just... I'll never be able to wrap my mind around it, personally. But when you just look at the attacks and everything that have been levied against him, it's terrible. And, you know, I I know that he's probably glad that he's ending the near end of his term at this juncture. I mean, he's had his family uh, made fun of in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been made fun of in the media. Um, you know, just all kinds of 
racist cartoons drawn about him and his family and just I don't think that stuff's funny at all. No, it's it's absolutely not funny at all. And why why we have accepted it, um I, I think there's this sort of prevailing view among some conservatives, not all, but uh some conservatives that, you know, since a, a black man was elected to the presidency, it's it's now okay. We've overcome all racial injustice and, and somehow that was magically the end of it. And I think clearly, uh, you know, speaking from the perspective of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, from what Bernie was talking about with the systemic racism that still exists and all right. these unarmed uh, black men and women that have been murdered. Yeah. Um, you know, with Obama, he's damned if he d- does and damned if he don't. Um, you know, he he addressed uh, some of the um, uh, the men who were killed, uh, you know, by police officers in the media. And then, um, you know, he gets a backlash of why he didn't address some of the police officers that were killed. I guess it's because he were white, you know, that they were white, that kind of thing. So Obama's damned if he does and damned if he don't. <laughs> I mean, he just can't win. <laughs> exactly. So, it's... but. But yeah, uh, Bernie Sanders has um, uh, vowed to end um, uh, institutional racism, and um, I'm hoping he can do it. Yeah, I hope he can too. And I mean, you know, it's it's going to take a lot of work. I I know that um, this this is of course our Bernie heavy show, right. but um, uh, Hillary had spoken to some Black Lives Matters um, leaders. Uh, after a speech at one point, and I, I think it was about a month or two ago. Um, but she was, you know, sort of expressing to them that, you know, you, you can change some people's hearts. You can't change them all. Right. But using the power of the government, using legislation as a means to stop this, to to start putting it into it, you know, it's, it's something that we've got to do. It, it's a place that we have to go. Absolutely. But I don't want to completely monopolize the conversation. Uh, Janet, I, of course, you are our resident Clinton supporter. Uh, did you have any questions uh, for Lisa about her experience and everything that she went through? Um, well, I'm just really excited that we got to send a reporter. And I was, I've got to say I was impressed by Bernie. I'm not going to lie. Um, I have my issues with some of his stuff. Uh, but you're never going to agree with anybody 100%. I don't care mm-hmm. who you are. You know, even President Obama, who I love, you know, I disagree with some of the stuff that he says. But what I wanted to know was, what all did he say about women? Um, like, what exactly was he, what was he saying? Just that we had the right to abortion or He says that he doesn't think that the government should have any say-so whatsoever on us controlling our bodies um that should be up to the woman um you know uh as far as abortion you know it's a uh it's a horrible time in anyone's life it's very very painful decision and he says that he doesn't think that um it should be the government uh making that decision for a woman um you know forcing her to keep her baby if, if that's not what she feels that she needs to do. Um, he is very much for uh, women having complete control over their bodies and, and the government 
having no control whatsoever. I like that. Did I, he, I definitely agree. So did he speak at all to uh, equal wages? Yes, he did. Um, he talked about uh, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Um, he said that um, $7.25 was basically a starvation wage and that nobody, um, anybody working 40 hours a week in this country should not be living in, living in poverty. I think that we can all definitely agree with that. Yes, definitely. He said that a lot of people, which which I, I know a lot of people and even myself, um, are trying to cobble together one or two or maybe even three jobs to have enough income to be able to provide for their families. So, um, you know, he's he's well aware of the situation that's going on in our country, which... Um, I'm very thankful that there's a politician out there that that knows, um, you know, what's what's really going on and is really talking to the issues that matter. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I think the other ones know, but I don't think they care. Yeah. I mean, they have to know, but it's also indentured in servitude for the ninety nine percent. Yeah. And that's what they're wanting. You know. For us to be so tired and work so much that we're not paying attention. Oh, but we're paying attention. And so are the young people. I mean, the children, the, I say children, <laughs> the young people that were in the auditorium the night that I was there for the Bernie Sanders rally, um, you know, these are people that weren't able to vote for Barack Obama. And they're standing up and they're taking, they're taking over this time. Um, they're standing up for their candidate and um, the issues, uh, the real issues that are behind, um, uh, you know, that we face, that we're facing here in this country. Um, so there are a lot of uh, young people that are heavily involved. Uh, there was a lot of people there uh, handing out um, information, buttons, um, you know, helping people get up, get to their seat. I, there was all kinds of young people there. So that that was really good to see. Yeah, it's definitely always good to see the young vote charged up and excited about a candidate. And that that's yeah. helped so many people in the past. And I know Barack Obama had a very, very heavy amount of support. Yeah. Uh, from those 18 to 25, which is a very crucial, you know, portion of the electorate to, to go after. Um, so... I guess I want to ask this because I, I think it'll be sort of a fun segue. Um, we're still keeping it positive, but I, I did want to ask sort of a real question and get Lisa's opinion on it. Um, if Bernie were to win the nomination, mm-hmm. uh, of course, as we all know, North Carolina, by the narrowest of margins, voted for Barack Obama in 2008, which was uh, shocking. I mean... To me, I'm, I'm, I'm certain it was probably shocking to you as well. But uh, with with that being the case, do, do you think that if Senator if Sanders won the nomination, do, do you think that his populist message would resonate with our fellow North Carolinians? Do you think that he would have a chance in the state? I think he's got a lot more work to do um, because, I mean, I speak to people every day and they don't even know who Sanders is. Mm-hmm. So he's got a little bit more work to do. And um, 
I also think that those of us who support Sanders, I think we need to get out there and um, do what we can, you know, to spread the word and also just to get, you know, our voting demographic up off their butts and, and get them to the polls to vote. Um, you know, people people tend to feel like that their vote is doesn't matter, and, and it absolutely does. Oh, yeah. Every single vote counts. I'm not sure what we can do to get them to, you know, motivate <laughs> them to get there and, and vote. <laughs> but, hey, um, that is a great mystery, and... <laughs> It it would be nice if we could figure that out. You know, we 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 don't really turn out very well in uh, midterm elections and and stuff like that. Presidential elections are definitely usually better. Um, I want to I want to say that I've talked to a lot of people who think that Trump is is the one um, here in this state. Um, I don't understand why, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have we have some work to do. Um, and but I do think that Sanders could take it if we could get if we could get his message out if he can get his message you know out to the people absolutely um and and Janet uh same question for Missouri do, do you think that if Sanders were to win the nomination that he would have any chance in Missouri I would like to say yes but I don't know we are so gerrymandered of course everybody is anymore um but everybody's really sick of the status quo and i think that would hurt him and hillary i don't know who else they would vote for Mm -hmm. because on the democratic side most of ours are all you know but i you know i would like to say yes because we do have a lot of time to get his name out there and uh, get people out to vote, you know, go door to door, do whatever we have to do. Yeah. And I know that you've told me yourself that you've, you've talked to several friends of yours who, after they heard some of the things that Trump said, they were disgusted. So absolutely. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. They, I think they thought I was making it up and I'm, you know, and that's fine. You know, Okay. But it's it makes me so mad. But the good thing about it is I'm always able to get to a link and say, okay, read this. Here's another one. Read it. And then they'll come back and say, oh, my gosh, he really said that. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> I mean, they know that I am up on politics, but I think they're so shocked that, that people are saying that. I don't think a lot of people understand how bad these people are. I really I don't. Yeah, exactly. And and I also think that people in our area are scared of the word socialist or socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as um, soon as they hear that, it's, oh, I'm not going to vote for him. He's a socialist. <laughs> um, never mind, well, that, you know, that you go to uh, public parks. You enjoy, you know, going to public parks. You enjoy... If your house caught on fire, you have the firemen that come and and help put out the fire. Um, You know, all of these things are socialism or, you know, I just. But, you know, that's kind of a right wing talking point, too. I mean, I understand. I mean, they're really pumping that up. But, you know, 
almost everything about this country is and has been for a long time socially democratic. And I really think the point that we need to bring up are his policies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you can win on trying to argue someone that's ignorant on the difference between <clears throat> a democratic socialist, a socialist, a communist. Absolutely. You know, they were calling Barack Obama that. So, I mean... Well, they called him more than that. (laughs) Well, I know, but I'm just relating it to this specific conversation. (laughs) So, I think the thing that we have to do is talk, just keep talking the policies. Do you know that your buddy thinks this and our, you know, because I get tired of they all think the same. No, they don't. But again, that's what the media wants them to believe. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to go ahead and pause for right now and run to a very quick break. Um, Just some commercials queued up for you so we can get back to the conversation. But we have some incredible news following the Bernie Sanders speech at Liberty University. So we'll give you a little bit more on that right after this break. So remember to stay tuned to Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know... Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio. This is Michael Ash Sharbaugh, host of the Broken Doorway Indie Music Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Accompanied by producer Kim Williams, proprietor of Indie Media Weekly and host of Inside Indie Media Weekly, I have the esteemed pleasure to bring you a series of interviews with some of the exciting indie artists featured on Indie Media Weekly Radio and the Broken Doorway Radio Show. 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Times, Saturdays and Wednesdays after the Broken Doorway. And 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesdays after Kim Williams' Inside Indie Media Weekly. This is The Spoken Doorway. Enter. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Show, every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library, as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your requests every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dare. Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Coromall Show. 
You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. So new? Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Don't change that dial. If you do, I'll know. Like a sneaky ninja, I will know. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. Too busy giving tax handouts to large corporations, the Republicans haven't been working for the middle class. And as a result, many families are still struggling to make ends meet. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back at 7.30. If you were just now tuning in, this is Southern Progressive Revival, Episode 3, and we are having a whole hour of Sanders. Uh, Joining us in a little while will, of course, be Paul from Paul's Memory Bank as our damn Yankee. And for our last hour, our hour-long interview on Southern Hospitality will be with Cool Black Dude, a.k.a. Joey. So I would like to welcome back Janet in the best way that I know possible. So let's go ahead and get that jingle going. Janet became a star, literally overnight. She had not gone looking for fame. Fame had found her. I know that I cannot put up with a whole weekend of your archaic views. You don't want to make me mad now, do you? It is never too late to run away. Janet Lee on Southern Progressive Revival. Well, I am a modern woman. I'm more afraid of her than I am of you. Welcome back, Janet. Hello. Welcome, everybody. And also, did you see the notice that Adam said he would be ready at 8? 8 or 9, I guess. I did not, but we will get him on here. So that works out great. Okay, so we will get Adam on the program here at the uh, bottom of the last hour. Uh, But without any further ado, we will go ahead and uh, welcome back Lisa Chappell from Greensboro, North Carolina. Thank you. And thank you for being here as always. It's good to have you back. Thank you so much. Okay, so I nearly forgot about this, but I wanted to get to this real quick because this this tickled my funny bone. And I I hope that those of you who have been longtime listeners of Indie Media Weekly will appreciate appreciate this. But during the break, I played the promo for Michael S. Sharbaugh's new show, The Spoken Doorway, where he interviews uh, indie artists and that comes out uh, brand new every Tuesday at 11.30 a.m., directly following The Broken Doorway. But Michael and I have become friends. He is from Atlanta, so he's a fellow... uh, Well, he's an adopted Southerner. He's not originally from here. But we work together on making a new promo for Southern Progressive Revival. You may or may not have heard it. It was just uploaded to the station last night. But I wanted to go ahead and give you guys a uh, preview of that here real quick. And then we will get right back into the Bernie. So here we go. Come, come with me. Or me, that's always an option. Come with Jonathan Matthews to the broken realm of Southern politics. Well, we have some good news too. I wouldn't exactly call it broken. The semi-broken realm of Southern politics. Can't we just say it's on the mend? But that would hardly sound good in my voice. 
Then how about you just tell them that Jenna, Lisa, Adam, and myself bring you the best and worst of Southern politics live every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. They will bring you the ambient sounds of good political news and the unpsychedelic assholes all in one show. And the show part? Southern Progressive Revival, only on Indie Media Weekly. All right. Yeah, oh, love that. my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, those of you that know Michael that have heard his promo before for The Broken Doorway <laughs> know that he has that that phenomenally unique voice. So the fact that he was willing to do that with us, I, I thought was awesome. So thank you very much, Michael. <laughs> All right. But without any further ado, we are going to get back into Bernie Sanders. You will be filling the burn for another half hour. Um, the day after Lisa went to Greensboro to cover his event, he went to Liberty University. Um, if any of you are listeners who turn up the night, you are aware that last Tuesday, uh, Kenny went over the audio from that. Uh, it was a crowd that appeared to be at least mostly apathetic to what he had to say. But he came in uh, guns blazing. He didn't apologize. He brought his message to the fore. And I'm just going to let him speak for himself here because I, I think what he had to say about the reason he was there was uh, was really important. So let me go ahead and play that. Too often in our country, and I think both sides bear responsibility for us, there is too much shouting at each other, there is too much making fun of each other. Now in my view, and I say this as somebody whose voice is hoarse because I have given dozens of speeches in the last few months, it is easy to go out and talk to people who agree with you. I was in Greensboro, North Carolina just last night. All right. We had 9,000 people out. Mostly they agreed with me. And tonight we're going to be in Manassas and have thousands out and they agree with me. That's not hard to do. And that's what politicians by and large do. We go out and we talk to people who agree with us. But it is harder but not less important for us to try and communicate with those who do not agree with us on every issue. So there you have it. I mean, I know that Lisa has seen the speech. I have. Uh, Janet, have you seen the whole speech or, or did you at least tune into Tuesday's edition of Turn Up the Night? I listened to... Tuesday's turn up um, the edition of turn up the night and I uh, <laughs> I thought it was great and I was really impressed but that is when I heard it the first time was listening to Kenny Pick's turn up the night okay great yeah it was oh gosh I, I watched it myself right before I went on I was a, a guest co-host that night and I just started crying just when, when he was pulling out the scriptures and and speaking from where Lisa and I come from as Christians um, who believe in compassion, who believe in love, that don't believe in this doctrine of hate and, and this perversion of the gospel that many fundamentalists do. Um, it, it just really touched my heart. And uh, Lisa, you saw it. I mean, he went right into the lion's den. How did you feel about it? Oh, yes, he sure did. Um, 
I mean, basically, if Jesus Christ was here uh, living with us on the earth today, he would be considered a socialist. So um, uh, Bernie went right for the juggler. Um, he basically said, you know, look, I know that, um, you know, we don't see eye to eye on abortion, uh, gay marriage. Um, but, you know, basically, um, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. And, you know, I understand where you're coming from. And we can basically agree to disagree. But he also said um, in the speech that possibly there were other places, other issues that we could agree upon. And uh, that's where he uh, started focusing, you know, his speech on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that was just amazing. But uh, what I what I want to get to, we're, we're not going to do a rehash of all the audio from that event, even though I would love to. Um, there is a fellow by the name of Jim, who is an evangelical Christian and a pastor who posted on Reddit after he saw this Liberty U speech that he was a supporter of Bernie Sanders. And I managed to get a hold of the audio. It was very long. We had to cut it down a significant amount, but we still have a good portion of it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and introduce this now with him sort of proving his chops, where, where he comes from, why he's a fundamentalist Christian, etc. cetera. Uh, so we are going to start with that and uh, go from there. Hi, my name is Jim. I am the guy who recently posted onto Reddit under the Sanders for President subreddit that I'm a Liberty University alumni. So I thought I'll take a few seconds and explain myself and maybe that would be helpful for the conversation. So a little bit about me. Um, I am not a current student at Liberty. As a graduate of Liberty University, I'm in a good position to represent folks that might go there and people from the evangelical tradition but not be within the world that they can, you know, punish me for my opinion. Um, so I got my bachelor's degree in religion from Liberty University, and I also got my master's degree from Liberty University in marriage and family therapy. In 2004, I worked for the George W. Bush campaign. I spent about eight years um, as a conservative uh, pastor and also as a school teacher at a um, conservative uh, Christian academy. And uh, today I serve my community as a, as a therapist and also a pastoral counselor, um, somebody that folks from churches might go see um, to get counseling whenever they want to see somebody who's both a clinical counselor but also a pastor. So, Janet, after that, I think that there is very little doubt that this guy really has his evangelical chops. What do you think? Yeah, I was a little surprised to hear I'm from Liberty University and I'm supporting Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I know. It, it I seems like, like such what? an impossible thing. Yeah. <laughs> he changed one person. <laughs> he did. And I mean, if he can only if he can. And I, I said it the other night on a Kenny show, you know, if he, if he was just able to change one heart, then that is, that is a win. That is a phenomenal thing. And he changed this guy's heart, but uh, that was just his introduction, him, you know, explaining that he, he truly is a conservative uh, evangelical Christian. Um, but he goes on to tell us a little bit more about what he thinks the Bible says on the issues that Bernie Sanders cares about. So here we go. Well, a lot of people, I think, falsely believe that in order to do that, you have to give up one of your sides. 
either you have to not really be a progressive and um, you're just an evangelical who just likes Bernie, or you have to not really be an evangelical and uh, just secretly be a progressive who's faking it and pretending to be an evangelical, but would never actually pass the litmus test of being an evangelical. Um, I pass both tests. I am very much 100% legitimate in both camps. And I want to explain why that's not a mythological thing. That's not a, um, a disconnect. Some people call that a contradiction or hypocrisy. It is absolutely not. I believe that my views are 100% consistent. And so I think that the shock value for that comes in beginning to appreciate that the Bible and Jesus, um, in my opinion, and in my very moderate reading of the Bible and the words of Christ, um, leads us to a progressive worldview. Amen. Absolutely. And that, you know, is what Lisa and I have been talking about since show one. Um, So just just saying that and and saying that you know it's it's not a contradiction in terms that you can be both a christian and a supporter of bernie sanders um is is phenomenal it was just it was really good news to me i was so happy to hear that well and that is the kind of person that when i went to church you know that's what i believed in mm-hmm. and it was the screwball liberty people that just had made it so that I left the church. I was done. I was finished. I understand completely. And there, you know, that, that contingent of evangelicals, the, the people that are just so hateful and use Christianity as a weapon, give us all a bad name. And it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, and I, I don't know if it, it's hard for Lisa or not, but at least for me, whenever I, I come on this program, whenever I tell you that I am a Christian, there's this small side of me that, that twitches, you know, it's it because it's hard to say because I know what people think about us and the things that have been done in the name of Christianity, both in the past and in the present, particularly by the fundamentalist movement. Um, you know, we we deserve some of that blame, but we're, we're not all like that. Right. Yeah. And I, I live down in far, far well country. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, Springfield. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we, we will uh, keep you in our thoughts and hope that you make it through that. But um, this, uh, this next bit that uh, Jim had to talk about, he makes a really interesting comparison. This audio clip is a bit long, so please hang with us. I promise that it's totally worth it and that you will love it. And I think that it's that the comparison is very apropos. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you now and uh, just sit back and relax. And here we go. So the first issue that I'd I'd kind of point your attention to is kind of what Bernie brought up during his speech at Liberty. Basically, the wealth inequality problem. And see, a lot of us on the evangelical side think that what Jesus really cares about is gay marriage and abortion. And of course, the great irony is that if you read the red letters of Jesus, there are no statements on abortion. There are no statements on gay marriage. Now, that's not to say the Bible doesn't speak about these things, but it certainly is to say that Jesus, founder and master of our faith, did not see fit to make these high-priority topics. It's not to say he doesn't care, but it is to say that we need to be careful not to major on minors. 
we should be focused on the things Jesus did talk about. So what did Jesus talk about? Well, here's the interesting thing. When I was watching Bernie Sanders talk at Liberty University, I was just really shocked and and something kind of magical happened for me because as I watched that guy stand up on that stage, here's what I saw. I saw a wild-haired Jew crying out in a hoarse voice in a very forceful and forth-speaking way. He was convicting the Christian leaders and religious leaders in that university and calling us out for being complicit in the abandonment of those who suffer the least of these and siding with the powerful and the rich and the masters of this world. And he was convicting us and calling us out and we scorned him and we stared him down and with sour faces we thought who is this wacko and why do all these people seem to follow him seem to like him this wild-haired jew crying out from the wilderness of the political left in his hoarse voice and if you're an evangelical listening to me today you already know where i'm going with this When I heard Bernie speaking in that way, when I saw that guy on stage at Liberty University, I saw John the Baptist. I saw the wild-haired, roughly clothed John the Baptist eating honey and wearing camel's hair and crying out to the religious leaders, the Pharisees of his day, calling them corrupt and complicit with those who have all the power and all the money and all the wealth and for abandoning the people that God loves, that God cares about, for the Pharisees who were siding with those who already have power and wealth and saying that they will be the last in the kingdom of God and that the weak and the meek and the simple and those who need help, they are first in the kingdom of God. And I saw that guy, that that John the Baptist figure who is standing up and saying, there is coming a messenger who will bring equity and justice to the poor and to the weak who will stand for the least of these so yeah i mean with the yeah exactly i mean with with the exception of him stating that the bible speaks about um homosexuality and speaks about uh abortion which lisa and i don't agree with uh I, i would say that everything he said was on point what are your thoughts lisa I'm I'm blown I'm I'm blown away. (laughs) I'm still chomping on what I just heard. Um, I I, I'm just I'm just blown away. Um, I I know it's amazing, but what did you think about that comparison to John the Baptist? Well, I can see how he would he would say that. Um, Um. a wild-haired Jew. <laughs> oh, my. At first, when I first heard him say that, I was like, he has got some kind of imagination. But then when he kept going, you know, with it, um, you know, I was understanding where he was going with it. Um, and, you know, and I've never understood why all of my conservative Christian friends um you know, side so heavily with the Republican views um, that they find those uh, Christian views. Uh, I've never understood that. Um, so it's it's kind of um, I don't. I mean, it's it's um, refreshing to hear someone on the other side say, "Hey, you know, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I'm seeing where you're coming from." Um, 
uh, he's he's putting it in a you know what he knows is in a Christian stand, standpoint, um, you know, talking about the John the Baptist and um, providing for the the weak and the and the sick and the poor. Um, so um, it's kind of refreshing to hear someone else on the other side. It um, is, and I, I really appreciate the fact that he's doing this to convict his fellow Christians. Yeah. Um, but uh, Janet, did you have any thoughts on that comparison or anything that he said in that clip? Well, I just thought it was kind of putting the wild-haired uh, Jew automatically. I thought, you mean Jesus? <laughs> Bernie's skin is a little. <laughs> Bernie's skin is a little lighter but you know okay they could be cuz he's kind of a wild haired dude I mean kind of reminds me of a troll doll if you want to (laughs) (laughs) sort of kind of in a loving way (laughs) I I like Bernie yeah he's really cool and I mean I I thought that was uh, pretty cool that is the kinder gentler I've I've never understood the God guns and gays either how the supposed Mm -hmm. Christians can call themselves Christians and yet um, they're not cool with gays or you know what they think they ought to have guns to go shoot people with I mean I've never heard anything so unchristian in my whole life when I went to church it was uh, you know love everybody the greatest commandment of all of these is love exactly (laughs) yeah exactly i was like what (laughs) (laughs) yep but we're gonna go ahead yeah exactly we're gonna go ahead and uh play this next clip and uh if if any of you out there listening right now are are christians or at least were raised um you're of course familiar with uh what gospel means which is uh good news and he goes in Uh, a little bit about what he thinks that Sanders is providing. And as I heard Bernie talking, and as I listened to his cries for justice, I remembered suddenly what Jesus had actually said in the book of Luke when he unravels the scroll in the synagogue and he quotes the book of Isaiah, which says that the Son of God was coming. And then he says, this has been fulfilled in your presence here today. And he quotes the book of Isaiah, which says that the Son of God is coming to bring justice. And Jesus says, it has now come to pass in your presence. And he says, I have come to bring gospel to the poor. Gospel is that word that we evangelical Christians have based everything on. Gospel means good news. Jesus said, I have come to bring good news to the poor, to restore sight to the blind, to stand with the suffering, to set the captives free. As I heard Bernie Sanders crying out to the religious leaders at Liberty University, and he proclaimed justice over us. He called us to account for being complicit with those who are wealthy and those who are powerful, and for abandoning the poor, the least of these who Jesus said he had come to bring good news to. So there you have it again. I mean, backing it up again, uh, making a comparison to uh, to Jesus there, uh, not, not necessarily saying that Sanders reminds him of Jesus, but, you know, saying that he's speaking on the exact same points that Jesus did. So... Mm-hmm. I, I hope that um, everybody at Liberty University and around the country um, hear this clip from this guy. 
Oh yeah, um, because I mean, you know, the the people that listen to our show who are who are either atheists or uh, Buddhists, Muslims, um, agnostic, what have you, th- this audio, of course, probably isn't appealing to you so much. But um, what what impressed me about it is that he he's calling out to his fellow evangelicals. He's making yeah. a case from their dogma, which is awesome. So you know that is why we are bringing it here to you to hear it and i really think that if more people hear this in that community that they will have a greater understanding of what it is that sanders is fighting for and that it's not at all a disconnect from exactly from this faith and i also think that um uh other people you know from other religions or or no religion at all can um you know support the fact of helping the poor and the sick and the needy um you know, there's lots of people out there that that don't don't have a religion or or is not involved in any religion at all, and they have uh, big generous hearts. You know, and they want to help other people. So I think that they, you know, even if they're not Christian, um, even if they're Buddhist or all those other religions that you you named, um, uh, I'm pretty sure that they can get behind and support. Um, you know, the issue of you know, needing to help the poor and the sick. Absolutely. And I'm going to go ahead and get to this last clip real quick uh, where he finishes up because it's, it's another long one. Uh, but I just want to get this in real quick. And then Janet, I will let you loose and you can say whatever comes to your heart. Um, but let's go ahead and get this on the air. <laughs> we absolutely shun those who would attempt to find nuance and twisted and tortured interpretations of scripture that they would use to master all other broader interpretations to find some kind of big message that they want to flout we absolutely scorn such things and yet somehow we commit to the mental gymnastics necessary that allows us to abandon the least of these to abandon the poor to abandon the immigrants to abandon those who are in prison i listened to bernie sanders as he said he wanted to welcome the immigrants and give them dignity as he said he wanted to care for the sick children and mothers and fathers who do not have health care as he said he wanted to decrease the amount of human beings who are corralled like cattle in the prisons as he said he wanted to do justice for those who have nothing and live homeless and i remembered the words of jesus who warned his disciples that there will be judgment and on that day he will look to his friends and he will say blessed are you for you cared for me for i was naked and you clothed me i was sick and you cared for me i was hungry and you fed me i was thirsty and you gave me something to drink i was in prison and you came to visit me i was homeless and you gave me shelter and the disciples said jesus when did we do any of those things for you and he said if you have done it for the least of these you have done it for me and those words echoed in my heart telling us that he intends to care for the least of these to clothe the naked to shelter the homeless to care for the sick to set the prisoners free i would have to try to avoid the meaning of those words i would have to bury my head in the sand 
to continue to support conservative policies. When we chose to follow Jesus, we decided that the kingdom of God and the men and women and children of this world were more important than us. And that accidentally made us all liberals. The day we decided to follow Christ and the day we decided that we value other human beings more than ourselves, we accidentally became liberals. And so there is no contradiction between being a Bible-believing Christian and a Bernie Sanders supporter. He has come to bring gospel. And I wouldn't be much of a Christian if I didn't stand on the side of gospel for the poor. Because the last time I checked, that's where my master Jesus stood. And I'll stand with him. And for now, that means I stand with Bernie Sanders. All right. Very powerful wow. stuff, even until the end. Uh, we, we have to run to a break here in a minute. So, Janet, I will give you the last word. All right. I thought that was fantastic. Um, I don't know that I could ever get back into organized religion again. I'm just, ugh. But I got to say, that felt pretty good because I kind of felt like I went to church. It's been a long, many, many years ago. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Hallelujah, brother. Woo! <laughs> oh, yep. my Lord. I like the fact that he said, if you care about others, you are a progressive. Yes. I thought, yes, you get it. Awesome. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. It yeah. was. It, it gave me cold chills the whole time. Uh, yeah, I, I felt like I wanted it. to cry. Give me some <laughs> tissues. <laughs> that bounced my head. Okay, and then Robert or Adam is here, and now we just got a message that says, just a moment. Okay, cool. All right, well, uh, we are going to go ahead and go to break. On this break, we are bringing you this week's... Uh, Hightower Lowdown, which I hope that you all have been enjoying. Please let us know in the comments. And when we come back, we will hopefully have Adam, and we will also have Paul from Paul's Memory Bank as our damn Yankee. So stay tuned. We will be right back after the Hightower Lowdown and a couple brief commercials. Yeehaw! You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores we obey the laws we pay our taxes we fly our flags on holidays and we plot along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children southern progressive revival at indie media weekly radio piling massive debt on students is stupid like high school education higher education should be free i'll tell you about it today on hightower radio in the 1960s, I attended the University of North Texas, a public school blessed with good teachers and an educational culture focused on enabling us students to become socially useful citizens. And it was affordable. With close to free tuition and a part-time job, I could get a good education, gain experience in everything from work to civic activism, graduate in four years, and gain a debt-free start in life. We just assumed that that's what college was supposed to be. It still ought to be, but for most students today, it's not even close. Indeed, a $1.3 trillion mountain of debt is weighing down students at all types of U.S. colleges, endangering our entire economy. That's more than people owe on credit cards or auto loans, and it'll soon surpass the subprime mortgage debt that crashed the economy in 2008. Private, for-profit corporate colleges are the biggest creators of this looming danger. 
To say there are lots of horror stories about them is like saying there are lots of ouchies in a bramble patch. With brand names like University of Phoenix, ITT Tech, Corinthian, Kaplan, and Strayer, they suck up some $32 billion a year in federal student loan money. They overcharge students so drastically that even those who graduate are stuck with nearly $40,000 in debt, and they deliver such poor education that graduates can't get jobs with high enough wages to repay the loans. David Halpern, author of Stealing America's Future, calls this predatory educational industry an immoral enterprise. This is Jim Hightower saying America's whole approach to ever higher-priced, higher education is wrong-headed. We know that college and advanced-skilled degrees today are as essential to both individual and national well-being as high school diplomas used to be, so it's time to redirect and reinvest in America's future by making higher education free. To get more of Jim Hightower's populist take on what Wall Street and Washington are up to, visit www.hightowerlowdown.org. Listen to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern for three hours of news, opinion, and laughs. This is what comedian and talk show host John Fugelsang has to say about Turn Up the Night. You guys really walk a good line of having it be really collegial and really having a, a show that, you know, blends the uh, intelligence with the irreverence, which is the hardest balance to pull off. Still not convinced you should listen to Turn Up the Night? Well, listen to what legendary writer, actor, and comedian Rick Overton has to say. I just don't think we can use the mainstream news for much anymore. I'm, I'd much rather go to you than to CNN for anything. You know, I would trust what my friends have to say more. Well, who can argue with that? Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. Declare your independence and reject corporate media. This is Indie Media Weekly, your number one source for independent media. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to Hour 2 of Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, Adam should be back with us here in just a moment, uh, but I am going to go ahead and uh, switch gears and introduce Lisa with her very own jingle. So, Lisa, here you go. Lisa tells me that your latest peculiarities, your fits of crying, your secretiveness, indicate you're on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Why don't you just tell me your side of the story? Well, come on in. Everybody's here. Couldn't start the show without you. You're a fine Christian lady. And after I, after I wipe out all the punks of the squirrels, bake you into a pie and feed it to the social worker. Smell that? Yeah, I smell something. Lisa Chapel on Southern Progressive Revival. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you very much. And, of course, our very own Ms. Producer, Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Well, hello. Hi. And I see Trojan is wondering if he was on air yet. 
Uh, not yet. We tried to call him. Uh, was not It was not going through. I will give it a try again here real quick so that we can get him on for our damn Yankee segment. And uh, Adam still is not here, but he will be here very, very shortly. So let me go ahead and try to add him back into the call. And there we go. Cool. I love Paul's memory bank. Love, love, love that show on Thursday night, by the way. I'm there every week. Awesome. Well, hopefully he will see that. One ringy dingy, two ringy dingies, three. Francie's helping me here. Okay. With <laughs> one ringy dingy, two ringy dingies. <laughs> All right. He did not pick up. We, he said we... Skype is up, but nothing is happening. Nothing oh, is no. happening. Okay. Ah. Uh. There we go. There we go. Uh, All right. These computers, I just don't know sometimes. Aren't they fun? Yay, Paul! Welcome! Yay, Paul. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get the Damn Yankee jingle going so that we can have our conversation here with Paul from Paul's Memory Bank. Where do you come from? Damn Yankee. Of course, I'm just visiting here. Why don't you just tell me your side of the story? Your Yankee friend is waiting for you in the bar. <laughs> All right, Paul, welcome to Southern Progressive Revival. We're happy to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been look- looking forward to this. Awesome. And, uh, of course, you are from the, uh, you are truly a Yankee. Uh, I-, I think you're your- our first legitimate Yankee. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh born born here lived here all my life in the same uh, general area southeast of massachusetts probably about 20 miles from boston so yeah i'm i've always been told i have that accent but of course i don't think i do oh well, you do trust me i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we approve of it i have to tell you and uh yeah but but thank you again so much for being here um of course you do paul's memory bank every thursday evening from nine to ten and uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about that, if you'd like to. Oh, sure. Yeah, again, it's, it's uh, Thursday night, 9. It's officially 9 to 10. But since I have to, like, 10.30 to play with, I usually have something called uh, bonus time. And, you know, usually you know, every night has a particular topic, if you can call it that. I've been either doing, like, a particular year or lately I've been doing songs beginning with a particular letter. So I believe the last show was songs with the letter E. And I save the, the bonus time for things a little bit more um, bizarre, demented, or whatever. So you know, the, the first hour is mostly straight music. The, the bonus time becomes comedy. Uh, yeah, and um, what actually happened was I have a... The, uh, my supervisor I worked at a previous job, he has a uh, a show on Saturday at a uh, low-power station in New Hampshire, and he does oldies. And he does it like three hours, a, you know, three-hour show. Oh, wow. And uh, I uh, entered in the uh, the fundraising for uh, Indie Media Weekly, and I won a microphone. So I said, no, what, what can I do with this microphone? Well, I'm going to have to buy a mixer. I'm going to have to buy a a uh, a holder for the microphone, and that's when the uh, 
you know, be a DJ was introduced by Kim, and I decided to, uh, why not, give it a shot. There you go. And I, I know that Janet, our Ms. producer here on Southern Progressive Revival, is a huge, huge fan of your show. Um, so I, I will, J- Janet, do you want to say anything about that? or? Yeah, and the great thing about it is Paul's show encompasses like you know it can go all the way back to the 40s he's played some 40s and it goes all the way up to about the 80s and he had said the last time um and i don't remember whose show he was on i think he was on kenny's for reverse calling he said that we kind of complained when he got up into the 80s and you know i thought about it i thought you know what we really do we rock it with the 60s and the 70s and um, (laughs) His bonus time is fantastic. I die laughing. And I would dare anyone to listen to his fastest hour on radio and not hear something that they have not heard before. You're not going to be able to get on there and listen and have heard them all. I don't care how much you enjoy music. I just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the whole idea of the show is yeah, for the most part it's it's you know mainstream stuff. When I post my uh, playlist at the end you know, after the show's over, I'll you know say where the uh its top charting point was and uh the date it did. But uh there's a couple of songs that people say, you know, I never heard that before. And that's that's part of it, you know, things that you haven't heard in, you know, 30, 40 years. Actually, fifty years actually, because the first song I, the first show I did actually, was a uh, Christmas show because it just happened to fall on Christmas Day, and the uh, the first oh, yeah. official show, the first official show was on New Year's Day, and I said, well, why don't we do that? Make that make that a golden show. So that was a 1965 show. So uh, things sort of kept going and going and going from there. And Paul has an incredible knowledge of music. He can tell you about the artist. He knows people that are on, that were like doing background vocals. And it's just really amazing. And we have a lot of people that really enjoy music. I'm one of these people that like to listen. But we have, of course, Paul and Brian and Scooter. I mean, I think between the three of you, I don't think there's anything that can possibly get played that you guys don't know something. But I will I will admit that a lot of that comes from Wikipedia. I'm uh, I'm balancing <laughs> two computers, two computers, two keyboards. You know, one computer's specifically doing the uh, the show, and the other computer is uh, the one that's on the internet doing the uh, the chat. And on on the uh, on the, on Wikipedia, so a lot of that is not me. Uh, ask me about the Moody Blues. I might know a, a bit about them oh, since they're yeah. my favorite band. But uh, no, when I say that uh, the song Jennifer Warnes is singing in it, that that's that's Wikipedia. That's not me. <laughs> oh well, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> I know we never never known any better. Well. <laughs> you know, I I don't yes, like to take credit are. for something that you know. I mean, it is, I am yeah. looking the stuff up, but it's my well, my memory it, it, is not working too well anymore. He was fantastic this week. I mean, all your shows are that. And I always sometimes feel at the end of the show, we go, oh, best show ever, or this show was really great. And, um, but you always seem to outdo yourself the next week. 
And we hear a lot of B-sides. Uh, we heard a B-side of uh, the Bee Gees that I'd never heard. Right. Uh, the uh, last... Edge of the Universe, yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. So anyway, I, I just want you to know I'm everybody knows I'm a huge fan of that show. And if you love music, older music, um, you ought to join us Thursday nights, Indie Media Weekly. I um, I mean the only thing that I'm I, I wish is that the uh, that we could, you know, do a uh, like a a pod a real true podcast. If I know that the license uh, doesn't permit that, that it can only be a live show. I mean that'd be really nice if you know I could do a show and then be able to say okay because you know people can download it and listen to it. But I do understand that the to probably get a license that allows that is probably way way much more expensive than uh, the license that's doing, you know, allowing us to play music now. Oh, I did, I wondered why there wasn't any podcast. But Yeah, uh, it's the same as Kenny's The Night Show and uh <laughs> and my show is that it's it's live music, so I think they probably just have a live performance license. Ah, uh, I see. I see. And I, I got to say this one last thing and I'll shut up because I don't want to take up all your time. Um <laughs> I love this show so much. My son set up my laptop, and the day I had my heart attack on a Tuesday, and I was listening to the show and trying to chat with all these needles coming in everywhere on Thursday night. Now, how's that for a devoted fan? Wow. <laughs> yeah, you've been you've been my biggest supporter. I'll, I'll sit, although my wife is too. I think I think she likes just being able to hear it. Yeah, she's in the bedroom tending to the cats, and she's just uh, listening to it on uh, on the uh, Roku app for uh, TuneIn. And it took a long time just to get that thing to work properly. I was uh, sometimes working in a panic because I'd be, you know, playing the show, and then she'd say, "I can't hear anything," and I'd have to go in there and figure out what's wrong. All the while, the music is playing, and I <laughs> <laughs> making a mad rush to get back and not trip over a cat or something. I'm so thrilled that she's finally got on to chat with us. Yeah, it 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 is difficult since she suffered a stroke a couple of years ago. That it's it's I, you know, she gets in there as an anonymous. I don't know if you know. Sometime I hope she gets to sign in as herself, but people know. So yeah, we know, we know, and it's not it's wonderful to have her pop in and say hi. So yeah. Anyway, hi Ann, hi Chloe, hi Sophie. Cleo and Sophie, but (laughs) sorry. Okay, I'll shut up. Okay. (laughs) As a matter of fact, she's just coming in the room now, wondering why I'm, why why I'm talking. So if you all say hi to my wife Anne. Hi. Hi, Hello, Anne. Cleo, Sophie. This is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, she's wondering why uh, I'm not uh, heading to bed yet because. I'm like, uh, you know, Stephanie Miller. I go get go to bed at stupid clock, stupid o'clock, and get up at insane o'clock because I'm up at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> man, that is. I I tell you, I'm I'm a night owl myself, so I usually don't get to bed until about the time you wake up. So this whole late it, night it thing makes is a big up difference. For me. A big difference in traffic if you get up, you know, get on the road at five thirty as opposed to getting on the road at six. It, it's a big difference. Yeah, because I was gonna. Oh, go ahead. A, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a town next to us that has 
for some reason they have the train tracks going through right through the center of town and it's not it's not passenger train it's a freight train so traffic can be held up for 10 minutes and no it it just totally destroys traffic for a good long time afterwards so if you don't get it if you don't get through town before that train goes through you know it, everything just it just uh, snowballs from there so i try to get out early Absolutely. And we were talking a, a little bit before the show, um, and I told you that I had lived in uh, Waltham, Massachusetts for about right. a year. Yeah. Um, so so I got to savor the flavor of Massachusetts, which was fun. I, I got to go to Salem a couple times. I never got to see downtown Boston, unfortunately, but, you know, that's pretty cool. They, but, they yeah. finally knocked down the old uh, Polaroid plant in Waltham. Really? Now, yeah. A couple years ago, they knocked it down. Now there's a big uh, shopping center with a uh, supermarket, a bunch of other stores, stuff like that. I think the shell of the office building is still there, and they're going to you know, make offices out of it. But as far as the main, the main plant, that, that's been gone for probably a couple of years. Oh, wow. That's Yeah, I've not been really been in touch with any of my friends from up there recently, so I wasn't aware of that, but that's... That has to be a big difference. I can't even imagine that. Just thinking about it. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, yeah, it, I'm sorry. I keep cutting it, you off, Paul. No, that's all right. I mean, I'm not too used to this anyways. You know, one thing that I, I always think about doing, but then I sort of say, no, I don't really want to do that is like have somebody on while I'm doing the show or something like that. I have enough problems just controlling the mayhem as it is. So, <laughs> I mean, you guys are handling all this uh, live stuff, bringing in people on Skype, and I'm just I'm just running a DJ software program. That's all. <laughs> hey, I think it takes talent to DJ. It's certainly not a talent that I have. So, kudos to you, sir. I think that what you do is a phenomenal thing. It takes a lot of talent. So, it as long as it remains fun, which it is, you know, and. I have the uh, I have a core of listeners now, and we all have a great time. So, uh, yeah, as long as, long as I'm having fun, and I am. You know, we'll, we'll keep it going as long as I keep thinking of things to do. And you know, the, the theme doesn't have to be that much. Like I said, it can be just a letter. Now it can be a year. You know, it's it's you know whatever I feel like playing. The color but, blue. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been thinking that one week I might do something with Cowbell, but. You know, Ooh, I like that. At the, at the future, a future show, but uh, I'll see how far I get through the alphabet first before I decide to try something different. There, you something go. may just come to me. Yep, inspiration strikes when you least expect it. Um, but what I was going to ask you, uh, since we have you here on the call, and this is the damn Yankee segment, uh, when I lived up in Massachusetts. Um, I had a pretty good time. It was a little bit of a culture shock at first because it was the first time that I had ever lived anywhere that far north. Um, but but other than just uh, a couple people that sort of made light of my accent and the people in the grocery stores that looked at me crazy when I called um, the shopping cart a buggy, which nobody up there yeah. does. <laughs> no. What do they call it? Shopping cart. Oh. Or cart. Yep. Down here it's a buggy. A carriage. Might call it a carriage. Yeah, my friend called it a carriage, and I was like, I've never heard anybody call it a carriage. But um, 
<laughs> but uh, what do you think about us Southerners? I mean, I've I've had the, the opportunity to travel down to uh, Mississippi a couple of times. Uh, my uh, brother-in-law was born up here, but he moved down to uh, to Mississippi mm-hmm. on the Gulf Coast, and he works at the uh, Stennis Space Center. And uh, you know, he's he's brought up his family down there, and uh, you know, he's uh, so the, the times I've been down there, I I I've had uh, you know. Uh, Acquaintances uh, move down to Montgomery, and yeah, it, it's a it's a culture shock. But uh, I've always found people very uh, very friendly and uh, outgoing. I um, that's my I haven't been down there for maybe since just before uh, Katrina. But my wife's been down there because uh, she's uh, she's been down there almost every year for quite a while, and uh, she made quite a few friends in the uh, town of Past Christian. In Mississippi, you know that they all knew her, and a lot of them are still her uh, Facebook friends. Yeah, and I know that. Now, was that the town that got wiped out from the Katrina? Twice, twice actually, Katrina and uh, Camille. Ooh. There was a uh, yeah. a boat that was pushed up on shore by Camille, and uh, Katrina uh, finished it off. But what I found really interesting was when we ever go to the uh, c- casino boats, they would say, oh, yeah, in case of a hurricane, we can just take this thing out to sea. Uh, no, no, it didn't work that way. Wow. So so then you you sort of have a connection then to that tragedy, We, which is something that we discussed on our first show with, with Kim when we had yeah. her on. Especially my wife, because at the time, you know, her, uh, her brother lives um, familiar with the the south. That the uh, there's essentially train tracks that run east west along the coastline, mm-hmm. and uh, essentially everything to the south of the tra- the tracks in that area was destroyed. All of the uh, the timber and everything was pushed up against the railroad tracks, and uh, fortunately, her brother lived on the other side of the tracks. So he was fine, uh, but it took more than a week to actually uh, hear from him, and she just at the time had discovered that she had she had cancer, and she had just been laid off from her job. So she was dealing with three things at once: you know, oh her gosh. not knowing if her brother was still alive, and finding out she had cancer. You know, fortunately everything is okay now, but it was uh, you know not a good time for her. Oh, so it got wiped out during Camille in 69 and then again with Katrina. That's correct. Yeah. And they've rebuilt it pretty much. Cuz it's, it's kind it's of still, a famous town. Yeah, it's, it's still in process. I know they had like uh uh what uh Robin Roberts is from that area and I know she did like an ABC uh show a oh, few weeks ago okay. about uh 10 years after. So uh yeah, it is a. Uh, so that was that's. It. I mean, they made history for that the first time, but there's you know, and again the second time. Yeah, wow. I, I think one of the un- unfortunate things about Katrina is that a lot of the focus on that, especially around the anniversary, was on New Orleans, and not to say that it wasn't deserved. It was what what it did in New Orleans was was terrible, and the population displacement, and all of that. But New Orleans was by no means 
the only community affected by that disaster. No, because Katrina actually missed them by a fair amount. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, the eye essentially passed over the past Christian area. You know, it was just like uh, just like Camille. So they got it pretty much uh, dead on, and all the towns in that area, like uh, Gulfport and uh, yeah, my wife knows the names of the towns. I don't. I just know Gulfport, Biloxi, you know, Bay St. Louis, all those places. Yeah. Oh gosh, but yeah, just wow. Mm, but I, I'm just so happy to hear that your your brother-in-law was okay, and that your wife was able to pull through all of that. Um, that's yeah. that's really great to hear. I mean, he was offered that he was offered to be able to stay at the Stennis Space Center, but he decided he'd be home. He would be better off being home. I think they lost one of their cats was missing. But they found her up in a pile of rubble, I think, a couple of weeks later. Mm -hmm. they, they found her. But uh, I think the only damage to his home was maybe a, maybe a couple of broken windows. Wow. wow. That's amazing. really amazing. Oh, yeah. My wife's telling me they, just, they had just redone the house, expanded it, you know, and, and whatnot. <sighs> but again, like I said, oh. he, he was north of the railroad tracks. So they didn't get the surge. You know, because the way the tracks are set up, you're almost climbing like 10 feet before you get to the tracks. Oh, wow. And then wow. you go right back down again. I'm sorry. <coughs> oh, not at all. I don't have a cough button. <laughs> 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 we'll edit that out in post, don't worry. So that's, um, why all the, um, that's why all the timber and everything was pushed up against the railroad tracks, because it was just like a, a big hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, they had Very like wow. uh, they had like a big church. That essentially, you know, the, uh, the the roof came way down close to the ground, but essentially the the surge came through and just wiped everything out underneath the roof. The roof was the only thing left. Wow, that that is just that's amazing. Yeah, totally amazing. So it, it Aunt Francie says so. It's good to be on the right side of the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, depending on which direction you're going. If you're going, uh, if you're going, if you're going east to west. Yeah, that'll be the uh, right side of the tracks. Wow, that is amazing. All right, well, I hate to say this, but this half hour passed way quicker than I thought. It yeah, would. it's amazing. <laughs> I, I I would say that uh, I missed at the time. Uh, Stennis Space Center was doing last time I was down there doing sp uh, space shuttle engine tests. Oh, cool! And we missed we missed the test by a day, but it's interesting they bought up all the land in that area around the around the space center because the vibrations from the engines were so much that a normally built building can't withstand it. So for miles around the space center, there's no, it's there's nothing, and that's the reason why. Oh wow, that's huh. so cool. We're going to have to have you back because I know you have a fantastic job now. You do a lot with lighting and technology. And then, of course, we will talk some more about your wonderful show. You want to tell us about that? Because I know we're getting about ready to leave, aren't we? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, um, it's Thursday night, 9 to somewhere after 10, uh, bonus time. And uh, what I think the uh, we'll be doing the letter F. Uh, cool that night so I'm sort of 
uh, halfway through setting up the playlist. I just take everything with the letter F, drop it in the playlist, I start pruning things out. So now I'm I'm down to like three hours, so I need to prune another two hours out of it before I'm <laughs> I'm at the point I need to be. There you go. Oh, man, that's awesome. And I will definitely be sure to check out your show this coming Thursday. I haven't had the chance to yet, and I feel guilty for that. So I, I will be there, and I am really looking forward to it. Well, thank you. I'm going to check it out too, Paul. Okay. So there it's some awesome music. <laughs> yeah, like I said I, I, I have recommend fun with it. it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that music's uh, music is uh, is ageless. It just you know. I'm looking forward brings, to it. <laughs> a lot of people it brings back memories too. You know. It oh yeah. Does. It and you have does. chair dancing. I mean, it is an hour of dancing in your chair. Oh, <laughs> so. coming in the visit. So, will you be able to come back sometime and be our damn Yankee again? Oh, sure. If you want to awesome. say hi to Cleo, she's just coming into the room to see what I'm doing. So, say hi to Cleo. Hi, Cleo. Hi, Cleo. Hi, Cleo. If you see my uh, avatar, I'm going to type something here. Yes, that's Cleo. Then, that's Cleo. Oh. Actually, uh, <laughs> Anne was working in Boston at the uh, time of the, uh, the 9-11. So she oh wasn't even. Gosh. So she wasn't even sure she was going to be able to get home because, of course, they shut everything down. And uh, and the only wow. good thing about nine eleven was that my job, my previous job, was extended for maybe uh, three or four years because we were building uh, uh, baggage scanners, which were actually designed in response to the Lockerbie incident. So. After nine wow. eleven, we pulled we pulled the machines out of mothballs, and finished the design and got them out. So a lot of those uh, machines, the uh, L three the uh, Lockheed machines, you know, were partially built by the company I used to work for. Very wow, cool. That is awesome. All you right. know so much. <laughs> he does. I've forgotten so much. <laughs> I know that feeling. Trust me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Paul, I just once again, I want to thank you so much for being on Southern Progressive Revival with us for night, tonight and being our damn Yankee. And we really look forward to being able to talk with you again in the future very, very soon. I look forward to it as well. Uh, thank you for having me on. Well, thank you. Good night. All right. Good night. All right. All right. Well, we are going to go ahead and head to break here, everybody. We are going to keep it short so that we can get to uh, Don't Know Shit from Applesauce. And we will be uh, bringing Adam onto the program at that point. So stay tuned. I am here. You are here. Good man. Well, you are not going I've to escape here. your fate. I've been here since seven, my time. Oh, well, we, you we just missed... didn't say anything to me, so I stayed quiet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I have a lot to say to you with the next couple stories, so do oh, not yeah. go away. Uh, so, all right, we are going to go ahead and go to break. Uh, we will be back very shortly, and do not turn your channel. Stay tuned here for more Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We have been the instrument of change in the past. We know what needs to be done. We know how to do it. We know that we can impact policies which affect education, human rights, civil rights, economic and social opportunity. Southern Progressive Revival. 
at Indie Media Weekly Radio. This is Adam Hebert, a man with breathtaking anger management issues. And I hope that you will listen to my program, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Fuck yeah! Every week on Mike Check Radio, me and my co-hosts, Rob Poole and Kenny Pegg, will talk about the week's news with righteous indignation, facts, and a large dose of comedy. Inconceivable! Join us as we try to answer the question of just how many Republican douchebags there are in Washington, D.C. It's over 9,000! <laughs> we'll also crown our assholes of the week during our program. You are the leading asshole in the state. Finally on our show, we'll also talk about the latest in news from video games, comic books, film, science, anime, and manga. All for your entertainment and learning pleasure. Well, that sounds really shallow and stupid. Let's try it. Don't forget, that's Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and only here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. For those who dare. Oh, and Cranker demands that you listen to our program. <laughs> you are crazier than a crap fight in a monkey house. Hey, Joe, what are you doing? Repairing the GOP clown car. What's wrong with it? Well, you know your show. You mean the Tim Cormall show right here on IndieMediaWeekly.com? Yes. Where each week a panel of guests joins us for a progressive roundtable discussion about politics, news, and other fun topics? Yes. And you know how we check out which members of the GOP climbed into the clown car each week? Yes. Well, there's been so many GOP clowns lately, they broke the springs. Oh, no, really? (laughs) Yes. But don't worry. With the GOP presidential primary season coming up, the clown car will now have new heavy-duty springs to carry the load. So not only will our show be way better than those Sunday cable shows, we'll also have our very own clown car. Right. Now, close that garage door, Tim, before the clowns get in. Join us in our panel of guests every week right here on Indie Media Weekly. Oh, and don't forget, we have clowns. Dang it, I think a few slipped through. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, or in prime time on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio at IndieMediaWeekly.com. Light out, everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature, every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. This is Indie Media Weekly Radio. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on Earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews. Uh, Joining me, who I unfortunately neglected to recognize was on the call for the past half hour, 
is Adam Hebert from Enterprise Alabama, and it would not be a night with Adam without playing his very favorite jingle. So let's go ahead and get that rolling. Adam Hebert, a true Southerner. You want a piece of this? He's a lunatic, I'm telling you. Because you are absolutely, unconditionally, positively the most stubborn person I've ever known in my life. Adam Hebert, a Southern denialist. Forget about it, please. Of course, I'm just visiting here. He's crazy. There's no telling what he might do. Adam Hebert, from wherever, on Southern Progressive Revival. All right, Adam. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, I promise. <laughs> well, welcome uh, officially to the show, even though you were sitting on the back burner there. Um, we have some stories coming up that I know that you will enjoy sinking your teeth into. Uh, and joining us, of course, as well, is Lisa Chapel from Greensboro, North Carolina. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. And last but not least, Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back. And we are about to dip into our Don't Know Shit from Applesauce segment. So without any further ado, let's get her done. All I ask from you is a very simple answer to a very simple question. Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? But I will ask that everyone please behave. He's a lunatic. I'm telling you. Can I help you with that? Y'all don't know shit from Applesauce. All right, welcome to Don't Know Shit from Applesauce, where we bring you the bad stories from the South, and we rant heartily about them. And first up tonight is a story that is near and dear to Janet's heart. Um, This basically, um, I don't know if any of you remember it or not, but uh, a a little while back, the Satanic Temple um, made a attempt to place a monument of Bahamut that they had commissioned to have made in Oklahoma. And uh, ultimately, it ended in June with the Oklahoma Supreme Court ordering the removal of the Ten Commandments monument from the state capitol grounds, which was their reasoning for wanting the Bahamut uh, statue to be placed there so that there was equal representation. Uh, and they were clearly in violation of separation and church of state. So I'm going to go ahead and play the audio from... Uh, MSNBC, Chris Hayes had interviewed the leader of the Satanic Temple um, on how he felt about the issue uh, way back earlier this year, but they're going at it again in Arkansas. Uh, It's a very similar situation, and we'll get to that in a moment, but let me go ahead and get that audio played for you. In Oklahoma, the Republican legislature authorized a privately funded Ted Commandments monument to be placed on the grounds of the Capitol, which it was in 2012. So the Satanic Temple, which is based in New York, said, okay, us too. Notifying Oklahoma's Capitol Preservation Commission, it wants to donate its own monument and raising almost $30,000 to pay for this yet-to-be-finished sculpture, which its creators say will eventually be cast in bronze. Basically, the argument being, you open the door to God, you open the door to Satan. Yes, indeed. So, Adam, <laughs> I will let you take the first jab. Well, I mean, this is this is the same sort of stuff we saw with Roy Moore, you know, 10, you know, 10 15 years ago in Alabama, where he, you know, he, inst- he uh, installed his Ten Commandments monument and wouldn't allow any other monuments there. The point, the the ah. and the fact of the matter is that in order for a monument of this nature to pass the secular test, 
you it can't exclude anything. You can't say, well, allow Christian monuments, but not Islamic monuments. You know, you can't say, you know, it has to be truly open. And by closing it, they're violating the establishment clause. It's 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 pretty cut and dry. You can't, you know, but they want, you know, they think that they are entitled to a special uh, status in society. And when reality intrudes, they get angry. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's just the reason that we have separation of church and state is so that this doesn't happen. So that these evangelical Christians who feel butthurt, who keep replaying this narrative that we are a Christian nation and that is what we were founded on, which is complete and utter nonsense, um, you know, so, so that they don't get offended. But they don't they don't appreciate that that separation of church and state exists there for their protection as well. So what are your thoughts on that, Janet? I just thought, you know, when I read this story, I laughed. So I didn't know whether it went into shit from applesauce or in the good part of the stories. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, really am so sick of the these people having to be told you have to keep separation of church and state. And they don't get it. And they figure that there's always some kind of a way around it and that everybody's just going to say, oh, it's fine, not a big deal. But it is a big deal to a huge part of the population, whether you're a Christian or you're not. Absolutely, it is. And we, as a nation, should be brave enough and have enough common sense to realize that, you know, we we need to protect everybody. And even though there is... Uh, Christianity is the dominant religion here. You can't deny that just from a percentage basis. That does not make uh, atheists. It doesn't make agnostics. It doesn't make any other person following another faith tradition any less important. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and delve into the second part of this audio real quick and uh, let Lisa say a few words. So here we go. Lucian, what what is the story here? Is this is this performance art? Is this trolling? Like what, what 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 are you guys up to? No, it's not performance art, and it's not actually simply trolling. It's, um, But we do want to make clear that we think we can separate religion from superstition, and on a legal basis, we even have to, or we're giving precedence to superstition over non-believers, given religious exemptions and privileges. So we have this metaphorical, symbolic construct that embodies our rejection of arbitrary authority and our drive for personal sovereignty, and the best symbolism for that for us is the satanic narrative. Uh, so, Lisa, uh, after hearing that, what what do you have to say? Well, I think that it's it's um, good enough for them. Um, you know, they they allowed the um, the ten, ten commandments to be placed on the grounds. So, therefore, um, you know, that left the door open for anybody else to um, say that they wanted to put a monument on the grounds as well. I think is good enough for them. Um, I also think that, um, you know, it's a shame that my brothers and sisters in Christ um, uh, cry that they're being persecuted, um, you know, when they're told that, you know, they have to remove a a monument or they can't have um, that particular thing, uh, you know, you know, on, on uh, the grounds or whatever. Um, uh, They're not being persecuted. Um, there has to be a separation of church and state. Absolutely. Well, the, what's happening is the bullies, you know, 
it's just like dealing with a high school bully. Once you finally take a swing and knock them on their ass, they're going to go crying as though they're the victim. Right. You know, it's typical bully mentality. And they, for some reason, thought they could get around this because it was privately funded. That was one of the reasons. And that doesn't matter. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't matter that it's privately funding. Sorry. No, go ahead. The source of the fund, the the source of the funding is completely irrelevant. Exactly. If it's on public land, land paid for by taxpayers, it doesn't matter if the money, you know, was picked from a money tree or came from, you know, the Cokes. It, the, the source of the funds is irrelevant. It is still being placed on public land owned by all taxpaying citizens. Right. And therefore, on its face, is discriminatory. And after the next clip, because I don't want to say anything ahead of the clip, I want uh, to Adam to talk about uh, supposedly the history of it and not the religion. Oh, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) 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 I'm like a dog with a bone now. There you go. All right. Well, we will go ahead and get to that final clip. And so you you have a a belief system uh, that you are are saying is covered by essentially the First Amendment and religious expression. Um, why these sort of what is the point of the kind of the provocative acts uh, like the the statue in o- Oklahoma? And the issue there, I think, is that is very much like you said. You open the door to one, you open them all. And we wouldn't want our monument in Oklahoma at all if it weren't for the fact that the Ten Commandments monument was already there. If you have a singular perspective sitting there, giving the appearance that one voice is co-opted the power and authority of the government, that to us is disgraceful. But having a counterbalance there or a monument park, as they originally said they wanted in Oklahoma, that's preferable. So there you go, Adam. Yeah, well, I mean, y- y- oftentimes you'll hear when people bring this up, you'll you'll hear the right wing Christians. Well, there's the Ten Commandments at the Supreme Court. That's been there forever. So obviously we're in the right. No, you're not, because the fact matters is that that mural depicts various lawgivers throughout history. It it's not meant to advance a religious agenda. But it's meant to illustrate the origins of law. But Governor Hutchison said when he signed this into law, don't you know, that this was about history and not religion. He well, says uh, our country was is based on this history of whatever. The, I don't ten, know. the ten Commandments? Well, the That's Bible isn't a history book. The Bible is as much a history book as it is a science book. And just in case anyone is curious, the Bible says bats are birds and pie is three. It's not a science book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Neither is it a history book. But again, the problem is that they have been used to winning for so long, even though they should never have been winning, that when they finally start losing, they see it as persecution. But... we have had separation, you know, separation of church and state is plainly in our founding documents. It has been that way since the very beginning. And because, you know, we allowed ourselves to be scared shitless during the Red Scare and we started, you know, advancing towards state religion. And now that people are saying, wait a minute, beat, beat back this truck up. 
like I said. Well, and it's so funny, too, because according to the Arkansas Times, <laughs> atheists, Hindus, and vegans are also having exploring the idea of putting their monuments on the Capitol grounds. And now the official, Republican officials, not only aren't they gun ho about the situation, I think they're not quite sure how to get the heck out of Dodge without <laughs> <laughs> knocking the well, commandments down themselves. It serves them right. Well, what, what I know that's got, why I couldn't figure out where to put this story. <laughs> what got Roy more into trouble was that he was repeatedly asked, "Will you allow us to put this legal document up next to uh, next to your Ten Commandments? Will you let us put up uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech?" No, no. Which is pretty much established. It wasn't about a legal agenda, but a religious agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, you know that's the, that's why, like you know, the War on Christmas. It's the same thing. Just because you know, just because you know something has been the status quo for decades doesn't make it right. I, it may be a tradition for me to, you know, beat up my co-host Rob Poole and kick him between the legs. That doesn't change the fact it's assault if it's a if it's reported to the authorities. Well, exactly. it, it doesn't even have to be. It doesn't even have to be reported to the authorities. If just because it's allowed to go on forever doesn't change the fact that it's assault. And like Francie says, can we look forward to a huge asparagus on the village green? <laughs> <laughs> We are the Village Green Preservation Society. Well, and like, you know, and I'm trying to figure out what he's saying, unless they're going back to this, our country was founded on religion by the founding fathers, and if that's where he thinks he's getting his history. But it doesn't really matter, because now they've kind of got their uh, butts in a grinder, because (laughs) all of these other groups are saying, if you're going to do this, so are we. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I just want to point out something Truman Town uh, said. He said that uh, Ashcroft had Lady Just Lady of Justice clothed. Well, there's a simple reason for that, Truman. It's because people kept confusing which was the bigger boob. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. Tell your friends. Man, if I had an applause track, you would get it for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then Let's they be said- honest. I think Ashcroft was the bigger boob in that occasion. And, and that oh equation most definitely I'm so awful 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 man well, that's why we voted for the dead guy it's exactly i brought this up you know uh, rob williams did his uh jo- joke about john ashcroft he said you know the choices were john ashcroft and dead man and the people of missouri in their infinite wisdom looked at john ashcroft said sorry john i'm gonna have to vote for the dead man because he scares me less than you do Exactly. That was one of his last. That that was uh, his 2002 comedy tour. I may have Robin Williams. Yes, I'll have to see if we can put a couple cuts because I have that CD. I'm actually looking right at it. That's funny. So we'll have to see if this might be covered by our license. Because that would be awesome. Yeah. Let me see. I think it was Bush. Let me see here. Uh, Oh, awesome. That's, that's <laughs> At Truman Town said Janet and I hated Ashcroft. <laughs> I voted for the dead man too. <laughs> but the Republican mom and curse felt they could give preference to the Ten Commandments. But the spokesman, Lucian Greaves, stated that if it didn't work out that way, they are going all the way with this, fighting them. And I just I think it's funny. Them. It is it's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> 
just shows that this isn't about, you know, it isn't about uh, – the agenda is Christian supremacy. They're used to having a privileged place in society, one that they should have never been allowed to have. We just allowed it to grow and grow and grow and, well, you know – it's not really hurting anyone until you know. Yeah. But if we if we don't check it now, what's going to happen when it gets to you know? We should keep the gate when it goes from keep the gates from marrying to you know. Let's just stone the gates. Right. You know? Well, it's almost gotten there. I mean, these people are nuts that are out there right now. I mean, let's be honest. Some of the rhetoric that they're they're talking about about Muslims and women and yeah. every minority every. And women aren't even minorities. That's what makes me so mad. But, oh, well. <sighs> I understand your age completely. But you know what you have. Frustration. But, but do you know what you have to your, to your advantage, Janet? What? A brand. Crazy girl. Brand. I'm older and I have more insurance. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's it's going to be really tough to fit this in, but uh, thankfully it does not have audio. Um, but we did have one more story we wanted to cover tonight and don't know shit from Applesauce. And that is the uh, story of a Georgia sheriff who called the Black Lives Matter movement a domestic terrorist group. And this is, of course, Georgia Sheriff Butch Conway. Uh, he called them a domestic terrorist group with an agenda and a statement he wrote to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, he said he was angered with the recent level of police killings due to, quote-unquote, fringe groups who started the culture of police hatred have widened the racial divide in our country by alleging that officer-involved shootings stem from racism and that their message is that police lives don't matter, which sure sounds like a hate group to me. Anyone willing to kill a cop is capable of killing anyone. No one is safe. Their message is that police lives don't matter. Um, uh, Conway further stated that it is my hope that every agency head shares this sentiment so that law enforcement officers don't hesitate to protect lives because of a difference in skin color that could result in cries of racism. So when I read this, and I'm sure I'm not alone, him having the audacity to say that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. How it's the audacity of dope. Yeah. How dare he? Well, let's talk about some actual terrorist groups like the Army of God. Like, you know, why, why is it always we talk, you know, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group. Well, let's talk about the Army of God. Let's talk about Eric Robert Rudolph who not only blew up an abortion clinic in Alabama and murdered so he also planted the bomb at the Atlanta Olympic Games in 1996. We we never call him a terrorist, but he was. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I mean the and there ha- have been so many people that have been woe to call and I'm not going to use his name, the the individual that assassinated everybody in the Emmanuel AME church they they won't use the term and th- that to me killing people yeah is absolutely terrorism because it was based on the color of their skin and no other reason i think that they're soft peddling it 
Um, another way to soft pedal it is, oh, he had um, uh, mental issues. Uh, every time there's a white uh, t uh, terrorist, um, they don't call them white terrorists, but every time there's someone that, that uh, does something like this, um, you know, go in and shoot up innocent people, um, it's, oh, well, he has mental issues. Um, or, you know, they don't call it what it is. They're soft-pedaling it is what they're doing he, because he's a white guy. Exactly, and it's it's and I, I might be going over the line here, but I really feel like if, if this was a, uh, a Hispanic gentleman that had done that, um, that they would have jumped right on him and called him a terrorist, that they would have had no reservations, even if he did have even the slightest history or or major history of of having mental illness this is clearly preferential treatment for white people exactly so what do you think about that adam well apparently i think the guy's just a dick yeah that's a good way to put it <laughs> Thanks for summing that up. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> yep, he is a total dick. Um, not that I, I try not to use that word too often, but uh, we we can say that word and any related words in this house. So, um, anyway, at this juncture, we are going to go ahead and head to break. Uh, once we come back, we are going to have Cool Black Dude, a.k.a. Joey, on for our Southern Hospitality segment. So we will get to have a conversation with him for a full hour that I hope you will all enjoy. So please stay tuned, and we will be right back here with you on Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
speed bumps. Slow down when you drive between the cones. Old pickup beds all rusted in the front yard. No one tries to keep up with Mr. Jones. Work hard all day. Now it's time to unload when the sun goes down on Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Walk with me, Michael S. Sharball, through the broken doorway, where you will discover the freshest in pop, rock, psychedelic, ambient, and experimental musics. 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndieMediaWeekly.com. This is Indie Media Weekly Radio. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Thank you, Billy D. Williams Soundalike. This isn't Jonathan Matthews, but an incredible simulation. Uh, Jonathan is having some uh, technical difficulties, so I'm in charge, which means everyone panic! <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you know how to get our guest on. Uh, I, I will rule mercilessly with an iron fist in my short shirt-lived dictatorship. But uh, yes, I believe we do have our next guest on, cool black dude. Because I don't know how to do Skype calls. Hello. Okay. I, I, yes, Hi. cool. Are you there? Hey. You are there. Congrat. Good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, is that how you want to be called while we're talking this hour, or do you want to go with Joey or how? Uh, uh, whatever's clever with you. Well, it was clever. All right. So, so are you in fact? So we've. Are, are you in fact a cool black dude? That's my first question. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the coolest, coolest you ever meet, brother. <laughs> are you so? Are you so cool that you could keep a sight of meeting you for a month? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's I'm, that's I'm a so hitchhiker's cool. guide so joke. Cool. I'm so cool I could sell an ice cube to an Eskimo, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, that is cool. pretty cool. No, that's that right. rocks it. Yes, Sorry. yes. 
I couldn't resist making the Hitchhiker's Guide reference. That's, of course, you know, I'm, I'm so cool. You can keep a sight of me and me for a month. I'm so hip. I have difficulty seeing over my pelvis. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, I have no idea. The show is completely going off the rails because I have no idea what else I'm supposed to do other than introduce our co-hosts, including one Lisa Chapel. Hi, Lisa. Hey, uh, cool dude. Cool black dude. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's nice to have you on the show. Yeah, it's an also, oh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. It's an honor to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. Um, and also, uh, our friend in Lake of Ozarks, Missouri, I think I didn't butcher that, Janet Lee. Hey, Janet. Hi. It's finally, Hi. It's, it's, I'm finally getting to talk to you instead of, you know, in the chat room and everything. Yes, and I'm, yeah. you are cool joy, I must say. I'm Thank so excited you. that you... Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk to us tonight no about problem, your, problem. yourself or yourself. Excuse me, yourself. Me. He is south. He's in Tennessee, so that's that's yeah. pretty south. Yeah, this and, deep south. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and we're neighbors, Mo oh, and cool. and Tn. Yeah, Yoku yeah. says he's back, and um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, about me, you know, I, like I said, yeah, I'm the coolest black dude you ever want to be. And uh, yes, you. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just an ordinary, just a, uh, what the Ed Schultz call it. I, well, I was raised as a Southern Baptist, uh, and I was raised as a what Ed Schultz call it, uh, 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 what is it, a blue collar, a blue collar. Uh, a lunch bucket Democrat. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Where I was, that's the way I was raised, and, and uh, I had an accident back in 2009 that really changed my life, you know, forever. Really, you know, because I almost I died twice. Oh no! I, I fell through a uh, uh, a warehouse skylight to 35 <gasps> feet. My so, goodness! Thank goodness up. for those Phoenix Downs, eh? Yeah, straight car hit straight concrete, man. Mm. Oh and, my and, god! And it goes, you know, I live through it, and it, you know, and I, I used to take life for granted, but I don't, don't do it anymore. And I try to show people love and everything now as much as I used to. I always been a you know a good person, you know, but, but I try to be even more of a good person now. And, it does I, give. It, it does give a little perspective when you almost die and then you, you know, as someone who's had a heart attack and um, uh-huh. spent five days in intensive care. Yeah. Uh, you come out of it thinking, why? You know, why did I live? You know, and you start thinking back to the things that were important that you realize aren't important so much anymore, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because. Back then, you know, like I said, I was taking life for granted. You know, I didn't have no health insurance, no no oh, life insurance no. or nothing, you know. But now I got life insurance and health insurance, <laughs> you know, yeah. take take care of myself. Or if anything, you know, God forbid, if anything happened to me, uh, my family would be able to have the finances to bury me proper, you know. Absolutely. And uh, I that's a good thing. That's a real good thing, and it feels good to have it. 
And plus, on top of that, my health insurance, see, I had a lot of things wrong with me that I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with high blood pressure. Uh, wow. I'm a borderline diabetic. Wow. You know, and severe arthritis in my knees, you know, and everything. And and this, and I, I didn't know that. Only thing I could do is, you know, from the, from the old school, you know, take an aspirin, go to sleep, sleep it off type deal. <laughs> That's how it was, you know. But now I'm, I'm doing everything what I'm supposed to do. Besides yes. still smoking cigarettes and I'm trying to cut All right, down. yes. You're talking to the you yeah. are talking to the choir here because I still do that after having yeah. survived the widowmaker. Yeah. Dum dum dum. But I do I, everything else. I believe Jonathan is back. Jonathan, are you there, sir? Uh yes I am. And uh And so my reign of terror ends. Yes it does. Oh, oh but, man, it's too bad, man, Adam. <laughs> But you my Jedi master, dude. <laughs> I, yeah. But but Adam is only a word away. Yeah. He, he's right there. Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, Joey, I want to thank you so, so much for coming on the program tonight. Um, it's really a pleasure to be able to speak to you. I'm sorry I wasn't here for the very top of the hour. Um, but like you, I also have... <laughs> uh, like you, I... Um, well, I'm not borderline, but I have diabetes, so that's what I was contending with there. But um, now that that is all taken care of, um, I was just curious um, if you were listening to the show before you came on or not. That that story about the uh, about the sheriff in Georgia. Oh man, that yeah. that's so mean, man. That's mean, man. You know I. Why he's going to compare them to a terrorist group? I don't understand. They, you know, I, you know, in in a way, I do kind of disagree with a couple of things about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, you know, I, I've had problems out of cops in the past, especially in the nineties when the crack epidemic was really high. Mm-hmm. But I, I would like to talk to them, and I would really, really support them if they just get on what's going on like in Chicago with these blacks killing blacks. You know, it's that's an epidemic just out of control. And I want them to try to at least, you know, y'all need to put them guns down and come together and stop killing one another. You know, like uh, my favorite Definitely. rapper Tupac, my favorite rapper Tupac, what he said, he was a guy, but the reason why I like him because he was a smart guy he was before his time. And one of his rhymes, he said, we got whites killing blacks, cops killing blacks, and blacks killing blacks. And shit won't change. You know, and it's the truth. It's not changing. And and if, yes, black lives do matter. But, I, you know, I've came close to almost getting shot by a cop twice. And, you know, and I had run-ins wow. with guys on uh, these, these cops on power trips and everything just walking home from the store with groceries in my hand, you know, and things like that. And and I got roughed up once, got, you know, he grabbed me by my throat and they and it choked the hell out of him. I would try to wiggle my head oh. from his from his grasp and then they take me downtown and charge me with a resisting arrest. Because they were choking you and you were trying to and get this out of the conduct. Choke. Yeah. You know, you was trying to kill me, man. Wow. Oh yeah, I used to have that same running with that same cop. It was a black cop and a white cop. 
And tell the truth, and I'm going to be honest with you, most of them black cops are just as worse. Mm. You know, I've heard that, too. I have, too. Do you think but, that that's... I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jenna. I, no, I was just going to say it because, you know, I've also wondered if that was because they were afraid of the white cops or afraid of what would happen to them. Or do you think they have that militarized I like mentality? I think it's like a combination but but they also trying to prove themselves for some reason. I don't know, but you know, I, you know, because you know it, it's different in, in the neighborhood I was living in because they treated us like any like we just a straight enemy. I don't care, you know, if you live in the middle of the cesspool. But it's I'm gonna tell you in them type of neighborhoods, yeah, you got your bad people, but it's also good people there, nice people, you know, do anything for you. You know, my mother, when she lived out there, she, she would feed the whole neighborhood with one chicken. You know wow. what I'm saying? She's that type woman. She'll feed the neighbor. She'll feed if you're hungry. Yeah. And, now, that's a good you know, kind of Christian. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she's straight Southern Baptist. You know, her, her dad was a preacher. You know, my granddad, ah. he was a preacher. He, he passed away before I was born, you know. But, yeah, she, she grew up like that, you know, and. The way they grew up was like, you know, they, they had their own livestock, their own uh, gardens. But the only thing they needed to do when they go to the store was like salt and pepper stuff. But they had everything they needed. Ooh. That's the yeah. way she she grew up. She grew up in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. That's like 30 miles. I think it's like 30 miles uh, south of here. Yeah, see, my grandparents raised everything, too, pretty much, that they ate, including the meat. And we canned the meat and put it up and put it down in the cellar yeah for the yeah. for the winter and then you go down and fight the icky roots that were growing down and the dirt dropping on you oh god i hated that place <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh this past weekend i went to went up to my best friend's house him and his you know, i like to say hello hey doug and his lovely wife sissy and my and my other good friend jeff and, and neil and we all sat around a, we Built us a fire blade acoustics and ate food off the fire and everything the whole weekend. So I, I just had to get away from politics for a while and all the news, you know. So we just had a good time. I just come back around noon today, you know, feeling refreshed. <laughs> so I like to say hi to Is them it, guys. Yeah, you know, isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's real awesome. Cause, to get you know, away they, from them? Yeah. Get away yeah. from it? Get away from the city. I just had to get out, you know. I went up the... Uh, Cumberland Furnace, Tennessee is like maybe a, uh, five minutes outside of Clarksville and there ain't no land it's God, God's country up there what people call it, God's country number trees and you know wildlife and stuff like that around uh, and wait, wait, wait. they got you... horses and everything and, and we had a good time up there I had a damn good time you're I from around Clarksville? To- uh well my best friend he lives up there but I'm I'm thinking of well I'm I'm hopefully I'm moving up there in probably maybe another year and a half maybe two years I was at Fort Campbell for about eight years my dad was uh, at least oh uh, you was oh okay mm-hmm. okay well Doug he can tell you more about Clarksville than I can <laughs> yeah I know it's a military town you know it's pretty cool town it's okay town yeah it's pretty cool wow well, hi Doug and you're getting a lot of love in the chat by the way. Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of hearts. Hey, hey, and... That's cool. 
Hey, chat yeah. room. I love y'all. I love y'all. Didn't show me number of respect since I've been with, you know, on this, you know, show or listening and everything. Because when I first started listening, it was Liberal Justice Radio. And I used to, like, uh, when I do my morning walks, you know, I listen to Kenny and Ab- Adam and stuff. i like, man, these guys are funny. And plus, they tell the truth about all this crap that's going on. And I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. That tango and everything. <laughs> and Kim, she's such a sweetheart. I love her to death. You know, everybody. You know, P.S. Mueller, uh, 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 Matt, Tom, uh, Deborah, and especially Kenny. You know, that's my man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love him to death. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, he is yeah. cool. He's cooking cooking meals for the week. Or she were probably here when he posted that in chat. That yeah, he was listening, yeah. but he was cooking. <laughs> <laughs> so did you hear the Bernie Sanders at, at the beginning? What did you think? Oh, I, Bernie, I, I, I've been wanting to support him from the beginning because it's some, I was just looking at him. I was like, the way he talked and the way he carries himself. I think I could support this guy. You are a cool black dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think I can. You know what I'm saying? He's, you know, I, I think I vote. For, I've been telling my mom, you know, she's, she's a, she's a straight up Democrat, and she was thinking she like Hillary, you know. But I was telling about Bernie. I was like, Mama, you know, you just gotta. Uh, hear Bernie talk, you know. I'm, I'm voting for. I'm, I'm gonna try to vote for Bernie if he make it. You know, either way, I'm gonna vote for either one of them. When you know, I'm gonna vote the Democratic way anyway. I'm, I'd be right. doggone if I'm gonna uh, vote Republican. I'd be shooting. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a I'm a Hillary supporter, and I've never made any bones about it. But I totally agree with you. Either one of them, whoever gets into yeah. the general, that yes. is where my little mark is going, right there on that little dot. <laughs> we got to get people out to vote. That's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. So when you were up there, then you didn't have to listen to the no, nonsense thing, thing, of the debates, huh? No, I, I really just wanted to get away from it all because I, I was really, tell the truth, getting tired of the the Mr. Trump. You know, that guy, that guy is something else. <laughs> he is something else. I'm okay, like, he's this not guy racist. is so full of himself. I'm talking about like he's so full of himself, it's pathetic, you know. He's he, a racist, he's arrogant. A-hole. Yes, yeah, he, he is. Yeah, he is arrogant. I'm like, you know, I really, these guys, these people are supporting this clown. They know. and he'll say <laughs> something and then twist it around. Oh yeah. no, I never said that. Iran- Iranians are good. <laughs> <laughs> And they play Deliverance for some of us, you know. That's what I'd like to play for people that are supporting Trump. You have no clue. I'm like, why y'all supporting this guy? But he just, well, he's smart at what he's doing, you know. You know, he's he's telling the people, you know, the people supporting him, that's what they want to hear. You know, they're going to support that. And, you know, ever since... Uh, President Blackenstein got into the White House. You know, everybody seemed like a whole lot of people went crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, oh he's and they a have... He going to take our guns. We're going to take our country back. From who? Yeah. From who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, we took it from the Indians. What the hell? I'm, shoot, the army surplus was packed <laughs> down here in Nashville when, you know, when he first... When he got his second turn, 
Oh gosh, it was packed. But you know, uh, Nashville, it's 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 a it's a little it's it's a lot of liberals here because you know it it, it tripped me out. You know when uh, they uh, elected the first female Democratic mayor in this town. Yeah, we and talked that about was that like, last week. Yeah, and I was like, and she's a good woman, you know. She's a good woman, and she she seemed like she real nice, and I believe she'd be on some things. And I'm gonna I'm keep a close eye on her, you know. And maybe one day on the, you know I come back on the show and, and keep y'all up to date with what the politics going on here in Nashville. But yeah, it is too. We want you to. We've been talking about that. Kind of be our eyes on the ground in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm trying to get my beak wet right now. I'm still trying to learn this uh, radio show thing because I've never, you know, let alone, you know, I've never even called in on a talk radio show, let alone did something like this. Because I'm not really a talkative person, but I've talked to people who I feel comfortable talking to, and I, <laughs> so you're uh, fantastic. You know, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks, thanks, and and Kenny. Kenny mentioned to me about, you know, me getting my own show. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to hit him up one day. You know, I'm going to hit him up one day, and we're going to talk about it. And I got a couple of ideas on what I can do for the show, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I would oh, definitely tune would in for so that. Yeah. That would you know, be so cool. We need some <laughs> diversity. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The network yeah. is growing like the blob. Sure <laughs> 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 is. Hallelujah. Call in crank horror. <laughs> <laughs> you are you is I gotta know that is is Prince of Space your favorite episode of Mystery Science Theater? Uh, I like Prince of Space. Every time I think about you, man, it cracks me fucking up, dude. I'm cra- oh man. Well my favorite one is Space Mutiny. But you know, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, real yeah. Che- 80s <laughs> real cheesy eighties movie, man, and 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 they no, just, just on them tough. You always have that picture of Crank or Handy, and I love that because God, Prince of Space is what got me is what got me hooked. That was that oh, was yeah. the, the gateway drug. I was like, hey, this is pretty damn funny. <laughs> I, I I started watching uh uh Mr. Science Theater back in the nineties when it first came out, and what really got me hooked was they were showing the the, the uh, what's his name Joe Don Baker movies man oh my god man <laughs> and they funny uh, as hell dude they yeah. funny and riff, riff tracks they funny man they they keep cracking up man cause my favorite one is Jack the Giant Slayer laugh man that is funny dude <laughs> check funny. out Cinematic Titanic I think all their episodes are available on Amazon instant okay. uh, you know, for you know, they're part. If you have Prime, you can watch it for free. But uh, Cinematic Titanic is is hysterically funny. I got to get Jonathan. I got to make him watch that. <laughs> yes, I will have yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. Shoot, you're on the list I'm... of people I would trust in a movie theater watching crappy movies. I <laughs> uh, what you say now? I said you're 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 on the short list of people I would trust. In a movie theater, watching crappy movies. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta have <laughs> trust, count on. Especially, you know, if you go crazy, if you snap, and you need someone to put you down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> so shoot, I'm, I'm like I said, man. I'm just, you know, just a cool person, man. And I enjoy being on y'all show and everything. I enjoy being on Kenny's, and I, I've just been, I've been on yours, your show, Adam, number once, and I enjoyed that day, we did, like, the asshole of the year or something, 
Uh, I think <laughs> shithead. Asshole of the week. I love yeah, that. That was asshole that's of the year. My favorite. We did that day. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was that was a fun show to do. Well, you're gonna have to come on sometime and talk nerd stuff with us. Yeah, that's we cool, dude. Because you know, do yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan, and, and you know, I'm a superhero fan. You know, my favorite. All right, my, we'll we'll uh, we'll have to talk about that off air and make some. Some plans, okay. see plans, then okay. plans, and then. Yeah, man, I would definitely enjoy that, man. I, I like music too. I like all types of music. I'm not too big a fan of country. Well, I like a couple of country songs, but I'm a, just a huge rock music fan, and I like the old seventies, the seventies soul. You know that oh, came yeah. out back then. You know. Yeah, you would but, enjoy Paul's Memory Bank on Thursday night. That's the place. <laughs> Yeah, it depends on what time you come home. Cause when I take my medicine, I'm out calling them hogs, baby. You know that? Cause you know what calling them hogs <laughs> means that you're snoring and snoring good. Snoring and snoring, yes. I'm calling them hogs. <laughs> That's a southern thing. Yeah, I knew exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, I take them. I figure I've gotten old because. Yeah, I figure I've gotten old because I'm starting to call the hogs too, and I wake myself up. I live alone, but I know that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and also after I got out of the hospital, gave me a bunch of medicine and told me you've got to start sleeping. Insomnia is not good. <laughs> so now I'm like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, that was that really went off the rails. Help us, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. No, I I am enjoying where this conversation is going. Lead us, this is inspire great. us. <laughs> well, right now, I am going to lead us to a break real quick so that we can get right back with Joey, aka Cool Black Dude. Uh, we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about here. Um, although this is absolutely a hoot so far. You know what? We've not had a single bad interview yet, guys. We have we have really no we have not yeah we've done amazing with this segment so <clears throat> excuse me so without any further ado how to pick them or what <laughs> <laughs> yes you are very talented Janet and we could not do the show without you all right so yeah, we're gonna right. go ahead but thank you <laughs> oh anytime. <laughs> All right, but we're going to head to a very, very, very brief break. We will be right back with Cool Black Dude here on Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. Too busy giving tax handouts to large corporations, the Republicans haven't been working for the middle class. And as a result, many families are still struggling to make ends meet. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Come, come walk with me, Michael S. Sharball, through the broken doorway, where you will discover the freshest in pop, rock, psychedelic, ambient, and experimental musics. 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndieMediaWeekly.com. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Show. 
every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show. Features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your requests every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dare. Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Cormall Show. You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. So new? Light out, everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Don't change that dial. If you do, I'll know. Like a sneaky ninja, I will know. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back for the last part of our Southern Hospitality segment and the last of the show with our very special guest who we are honored to have, Joey, a.k.a. Cool Black Dude. Thank you so much again for being here. Hey, yeah, it's good to be here, man. It's good to be here. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, of course, joining us as always are Janet Lee out of Lake of the Ozarks area in Missouri. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us tonight. And we have Lisa Chapel from Greensboro, North Carolina. Hello, everybody. And last but not least, host of Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert, which airs from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern every Saturday night here on Indie Media Weekly. Adam Hebert from Enterprise Alabama. I'm back. Welcome back. Catch your breath, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <a> job. <laughs> and since I didn't get to do it when uh, we, we came on at the top of the hour, I want to go ahead and play our Southern Hospitality jingle. This will be our first time airing it. Kenny worked all day today on this, so uh, I hope that you enjoy it, Cole, because you are our first Southern Hospitality guest that will be introduced by it. All right. Southern Hospitality. It is my privilege to extend to you a laurel and hearty handshake. Whatever you take a notion to, I don't aim to put you out none. Uh, no, he's, that's mighty neighborly. 
Bless your heart. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Bless your heart. Yep. And and all of us Southerners know what that really means. And yeah. <laughs> you are crazier than a crap flying monkey house. <laughs> yep. But we all keep them on the porch. We don't hide them. <laughs> They're all out there on the porch. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Kenny Kenny is brilliant. Thank you so much, Kenny, if you are still listening for putting that jingle together for us. Uh, you are a phenomenal guy, and we all love you here. I know that Cool does. Um, yep. So to get back here into the conversation with Cool, um, it's it's something that um, we've sort of talked about as, as hosts. Um, I haven't actually asked Adam yet. I'll have to get around to that eventually. But being in Tennessee, as you are, have you heard any people saying that they support Trump? No, not not yet, not yet. But I've okay. I've seen on the news, the local news, people supporting him when he came down here. I think it was last week, but it wasn't too many people at the venue. But <laughs> I, they was like, uh, "Stand for Trump, stand for Trump." You know, I'm like, "Man, y'all idiots." <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on the local news and everything, and and I was like, well, everybody wants to run Nashville. All these Republicans want to come here to do something. I don't know, but we still got that Democratic female uh, mayor now. So there you go. Something went right. Absolutely. And uh, so is is Trump the one GOP candidate that you just can't stand? Is, is there anybody else in the field right now that... Uh, well, uh, he's one right now that I'm focused on. I really can't stand, but instead, uh, that Ben Carson, that's the one that got me. You know, I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are a black Republican, man. That's that's like me joining the skinheads or something. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is that he is ba- he is only a contender. Strictly because he is a black man dumb enough to be a Republican. Let's be perfectly honest. He has no other qualifications except he he's basically the political equivalent of a unicorn. Something, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, uh, what's his name? Herman Cain? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Our father pizza guy. You know, that guy. Mr. Right there. 999. That, yeah. Uh, that he Becky, stole Becky from Becky a Stan. video game, the bastard. <laughs> Seriously? Becky, Becky, Becky Stan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a couple of Godfather pizzas places down here, but they just located like off in little convenient like uh like little gas station convenience store like deals. But I never had their pizza and I heard that it's, it's awful. I was like, Well, if I'm gonna have pizza if I'd rather get the frozen pizza from Kroger's or something, you know. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I don't but, blame you, you know, at all. It's it's um. Let me see. Uh. Well, Lindsey Graham. You know, he's a trip too. And uh, well, all of them's clowns. But you know, the one that's really got me really just just boiling mad is Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't blame you. And and Lindsey Graham. I I uh. I know you didn't see either of the debates, but. He was on the what CNN called the JV debate, um, and he was just the kids table. 
Yeah, the kid's fable, exactly. CNN was trying to be kind about it. But um, yeah. <laughs> everything that came out of his mouth was just go to war with everybody. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Are, are you trying to make up for the fact that you have a Southern ac- accent and you have inadequacy issues? I <laughs> is that all they think about is war and, and, and taking from the poor? That's all, that's all they think about. And, and, and it's war on women, you know, trying to de- oh, control yeah. women. And trying to close Carly. down Planned Parenthood. Yeah. I'm talking about they debunked yeah. plant that them, them them videos, and they still going after these people. My my oh, friend Carly was... Fiore... sorry, <sighs> sorry, I'm sorry. I was going to say Carly Fiorina is the one that gets my blood boiling, and I really resent that people call her a woman. Honestly, well, wow. But anyway, go ahead. I was going to say that you know my our, my former coach West Carscan used to call it the death boner. You know they they get their rocks off with death. I mean they got it. You know that explains their fascination. Well, I think it goes back to what Freud was saying. You know th- their obsession with nuclear weapons is you know they are small and inadequate, and nuclear weapons are phallic objects that, when used, make a big boom. You yeah. know, yeah. so it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing they think about like when uh, 9-11 happened and they was beating that war drum like the like the drummer from Russia somebody you know <laughs> beating that war drum of oh, weapons of mass destruction Saddam Hussein had something to do with 9-11 and he know what a bunch of Saudis that did it yep. that, you know what type of shit is that man I knew it was going to be because I, I, I was my is a, a friend used to be a friend of mine. We straight up enemies now, but uh, he was supporting it, and and I was like, you just wait and see. If we go to war with that country, it's going to be a shit storm for years, mm-hmm. and I'd be damned if it didn't happen. Yep. Yep, I think it was. Is basically... that why you're not friends? Uh, is uh, other reasons why you know I told Kenny about him. I gave Kenny his name. I'm not gonna say the asshole's name, but but Kenny went on his page and uh, he was just saying some foul stuff about Trayvon Martin, about uh, Michael, oh, Michael Brown, and and all you know. And I'm talking about he was spewing just hate, hate, hate on his on his Facebook page. He putting up fake pictures of some black guy in dreadlocks, make in makeup, looking like uh, looking like uh. The, the, the characters from The Walking Dead and saying oh this is God. what Ebola does and and the president brought this man to this country and oh you know it's it, he got so bad that people complain they banned him from Facebook thank God no oh, good hmm. whoa was he black he was white he was my best friend for over twenty years oh my God and he and he knew you were gonna see that. Yeah, he knew it. Mm. So, you know, what does that I, say I, about I, him? I deleted him. I deleted him and blocked him. And and another mutual friend of ours, he's still a friend of mine, you know, that knows him, that works with him, said they banned him from Facebook, man, uh, for all the shit he was saying on the, on his page, you know. What so I was like, I like good, good. I don't know. Only thing I know is I I've heard through the Afri- well, I heard through the through, through the grapevine that he went down to the Texas and and got involved with some skinheads down there. They put oh. a lot of shit in his head. Oh dear. Oh. And that's what wow. happened. Wow. 
I was but like, you wouldn't you think know, a normally decent person would just turn like that. No. No, he, well, that he is just, awful. Yeah, he was, I'm talking about like, you know, he ate at my mama's table and I ate his mama's table. That's how close it was. And it hurt wow. me to my heart. It hurt me. I, I, I bet so. Yeah, and, you know, but my my best friend Doug, you know, he would never be that way. You know, he's he's the most thoughtful. He think about everybody but himself at, at certain points, at a lot of points. And he loved me to death, and I love him. You know, I love his wife. You know, I love his, his daughter. You know, and he's just a real good friend. And, and I, if he's listening right now, Doug, I love you, man. You're my brother for life. I would die for you, man. So I know he would wow. never do nothing like that to me. Love you, Doug. Like yes, all the all the love from Southern Progressive Revival to Doug. That yeah, man, that is. I should appreciate it. Oh, anytime. But yeah, that's just uh, that is so awful. It's you yeah. know you, you 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 see it go the other way, but then to see somebody go from good to bad, it's, yeah, it's just really depressing and heartbreaking. I hope yeah. that he will come to his senses. I'm hoping one day, but I never can be his friend again. That would never happen. No. But I hope he changes yeah. life. Yeah. I don't blame you at all. Um, so I, I have to ask you this this question. And um, it's just something that I'm curious about because I know that everybody around us has um, seen it in different capacities. Um, and y- you you don't have to answer this from a racial perspective, but, um, after the Charlestown shooting and there was the outcry finally, which which I personally think was well-deserved to bring down the Confederate flag. Um, a lot of people in certain Southern communities saw it pop up a lot. I haven't seen it here where I am. Lisa has seen it a lot. Um, Janet has seen it a lot. Have you seen it? Um, in, I, I, in Nashville? I've seen it. I, yeah, I've seen it a few times, but I've, I've always saw people with Confederate flag license plates, they flags on their trucks, you know, bumper stickers and all that, T-shirts. But you know, I I just got used to it, and and uh, uh, well, it's it's the only thing you know. I you know I respect respect what they you know what they doing and everything, and I don't have nothing against. Against, against them, you know, because I don't know them personally or whatever. You could be a Klansman or you could just have that flag because it's plenty of people that I know, white people that I know that they got that flag, but they don't have a racist bone in their body. They just like, man, my great-great-granddad fought in the Southern War and I just want to show him respect. You know, it's not nothing personal against you or nothing. But I was like, well, okay, fine with me, but you know, it's a whole lot of people out there that hates that flag, and you know, and and I hated, I hated, uh, uh, if somebody using it in the wrong way, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole lot of people use that flag in the wrong way, and it and it, and it put a stain on it. And yeah, it's and I, sad. Yeah, and I think because that I had relatives, black relatives that fought on the south, in for the south. Mm-hmm. You know, they fought for the north too. Yeah, and that's so it broke our family part of our family up. We had some that uh went down to Tennessee actually. And so I have some relatives down there that have never spoken to the ones that stayed and fought for the north and went up to Michigan. Mm-hmm. So 
and we we don't know each other. We're cousins, but we don't know each other. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I just you know, I I, I just don't like it on uh, like state grounds or nothing like that. Represented like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as you having it personal, that's fine with me. Yeah, I think and it's it's interesting you say that, and and that's such a refreshing perspective to hear. Um, yeah. For for me personally, and and to actually admit this on the air su- sucks, but my my family has been in the South for generations and generations and generations. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I I have ancestors that own slaves, and uh-huh. to me. Knowing that every single time that I saw that flag growing up, just it hurt me. And, you know, I I, I understand that some people see it as a part of of their heritage. But um, to me personally, knowing that I had ancestors like that, Uh it it just it it hurts. It's it's so painful. And I, I can't look at that flag without without seeing that and and thinking about where I came from and how little we've done to get past that as, as a country and to, to heal what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. Do you see, I mean, do of course in Germany, it's illegal to fly the, the Nazi flag. Yeah. I heard you you wouldn't, you wouldn't see modern Italy, celebrating Mussolini because those countries are ashamed of what they did to the world. But yeah. they, you know, these, the, the, the Confederate flag lovers celebrate a, you know, yeah, it stands for heritage, a, a heritage of slavery, of death, of quitting your country. So you could keep other human beings as pets, as John Fiegel Singh said. And, you know, they're not just not unashamed of that. They're like, that's awesome, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it makes me sick. You know, I don't yeah. go around talking about, oh, I love being Italian American. That Mussolini was a kick-ass guy. Am I actually kind of ashamed about that? You know. Yeah, I understand. Stand to the fullest. Even though I had nothing to do with him, you know, the guy was still <laughs> a bastard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't see documentaries on him. You know, I like to watch those old documentaries, those World War II documentaries, man. And and, and I used to trip about, like, uh, you know, uh, the way the Nazis pulled out their propaganda with the little movies and stuff like that. And, and I'd be like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, it's just like Fox News. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's just like Fox News. You deserve like, a pause. Fox News. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, they go with the little movies. Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Nazi, propaganda. Nazi propaganda wasn't that bad. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry. That was that was out of bounds. <laughs> it's okay, man. I know you cracked the joke. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that stuff and, and, and how they how they uh, you know treat their kids. You know what I'm saying? The little camps and stuff and and the way they manipulated them and and, and everything and put shit in their head and, and a whole lot of them, the kids was fighting in the war. You know and dying 
for Hitler. Mm-hmm. That coward went out by killing himself. You know, there was still people fighting for him after he done killed himself. Yeah. He even killed his darn dog. I'd be damned. He even killed the dog. What type of shit is that? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. At least let the dog go. He ain't going to say shit. I don't think he'll do his bark. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. But, you know, I enjoy watching stuff like that. You know, it, it educates me. So is that uh, is that a primary interest of yours, history in general, or, or just I, World I, War II? I've always been a history fan, you know, but I wouldn't really, I really didn't got to, I really didn't go hard with history until like I was, you know, grown, and I just read here and read there, watch documentaries and stuff like that, you know, no big deal, but I, I like history. I like to learn about what people did because, you know, like like what's that old saying? Uh, uh, if you, if you don't know your history, it's destined to repeat itself. Yeah, exactly. And I'm yeah. seeing that right now in our society, man, in this darn country alone. Yeah. yeah. We are going right back to those principles of 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 hatred that defined what we came to America to escape. You know. Uh-huh. The, the capacity to be able to practice religion freely or, or to not practice yep. it. And uh, yep. we're just going right back to medieval times, it feels like. Yep. Yeah, it does feel that way. And, and 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 it seems like, you know... I love medieval times. Oh, wait, you're, you're not talking about the good medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you got these, some politicians try to mix, you know, the religion with with this you know politics and and stuff like that and that's that's not you know cool is that in the constitution for you to mix politics with religion and and if people that's that's what they call that's uh that's what uh fascists do you exactly. know with us not because you know, that's what bush tried to do mm-hmm. you know people people had buckled up and was scared of him after 9 11 Bush bashing everything. I said the fucking thing up under the roof about his ass. I'm like, man, y'all don't need to go to war with the wrong fucking country and killed all them darn people and a whole lot of our soldiers and good people died trying to fight for y'all lie. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the lives are ruined behind this war. Yep. They was ruined. Yep, it ma- makes me mad that then when the black man get in the White House and try to straighten everything out, Whatever he does is wrong. I, I believe he run into a building and 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 save ten orphans. The right wing would try to find some kind of sh- some something to say that was a communist uh, act, Maoist, whatever. Yep. Communist Maoist. I have uh, a like, act. He's damned if he do, does and damned if he don't. <laughs> I have a, I have a brilliant idea. President Obama should come out tomorrow, get on national TV, and come out against. Come out in favor of breathing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wouldn't yeah. want to breathe then. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, and I love when these these republic, you know, these conservatives, you know, because we were talking about earlier about the persecution complex thing. You know, I love when they compare themselves to Jews and Nazi Germany. You know, when they do that poem, you know, first they came for the blah blah blah. You know, first they came for the right wing douchebags, and then the country was a better place. <laughs> And it's one thing that kills me about some of them is like they were they first to say 
they quick to say, well, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. You know how I get their ass. Now, I just tell them straight up. So was Ted Bundy. And your fucking <laughs> point, Ted, you know, <laughs> he was a Republican. It's like, it's like they don't understand the concept. It's like they don't understand the concept of time. You know, it's like they've never, you know, they don't understand that time moves, time keeps on slipping. You know, yeah, man. Someone make these fuckers watch Back to the Future. <laughs> oh yeah, man. That's a trip, though, man. That's that's why I don't hardly like, you know, uh, do my too much too much politics like on Facebook because some troll come on there and get to trip and I'm like, hey, you know, you see my face, you got my real name and everything, you know what, what city I live in. Come see me. Talk to me like a man. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't sit up and hide behind an avatar with a fake name. Absolutely. Come see me, man. <laughs> Talk to me like a man. And then when you get them, they 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 result in the name calling. You know, they want to throw the end bomb towards you and all that type of stuff. So, you know, I don't do that anymore, you know. <laughs> mm. I try to keep my distance from the trolls. And, and every time, you know, I have a friend on Facebook and I see some right-wing spewing about the president or whoever by the else, they getting deleted and they getting blocked. There you That's go. I, yep. I'm, I'm down to one right-wing, one right-wing person, and he doesn't post on my wall anymore. Because I basically told him he didn't have a uterus, keep his mouth shut. You trained, them pre- you trained this guy pretty well, Janet. Yes. <laughs> it's I, I mean, I, I'm, I've got a, a friend, Armin, on Facebook. He he can be such a witty guy, but he believes such stupid stuff. And it's like he's like he's the political equivalent of a dog of a puppy that isn't housebroken. <laughs> He'll just come on, oh, you know, leave it all, o- leave his crap all over, and I gotta come clean up after him. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of the stuff he's written on your wall, and I'm like, and, and it bothers what? me because he's such a smart guy, and a lot, and a lot of conservatives aren't stupid people. They're not stupid. Not all of them are stupid people, and Armin is one of those people who is he could be so funny and so witty and. I would love to pick his brain about a bad movie, you know, about watching a bad movie because I think he'd come up with some good material. But politically, it's just like, really, really, Democrats are the fascists. Oh my god! <laughs> really, he, he, he watched too much Fox News, man. You know that's it. Fox News ate too much pudding. Uh-huh. Yeah. Have you ever heard that That's saying just... "ate too much pudding"? That means that somebody spoiled him to death. By some mama spoiled him to death, making pudding for him every day. <laughs> no, I never heard that one. I heard that one. Somebody's mama's made way too much pudding for this boy. <laughs> uh, and that there. and that explains Mike Huckabee, Janet. Yeah. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he is he is a bit he is a, a, a fat sack of lard. Yeah. He's ate too much pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever like somebody says I mean he makes me look anorexic. But if I hear somebody say, Do you like pudding or something? I'm like, Why? Why? What did I say? What did I do? And I'm like, Do you like pudding? <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna, now now Janet, I'm gonna have to get Harley Quinn from Batman the Animated Series go, Ah, oh, pudding. 
Because <laughs> that's what she calls. That's what she always calls Joker. My pudding. pudding. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do a New York accent, but she does speak in that thick, ah, uh, pudding. You know, the, the the thick New York New York accent. Yeah, New York, where they drink their coffee. Pudding. <laughs> that's, that's as close I, as I get. How I, you you were. You are just being everything. You're better at voices. You're you're better at accents. I, <laughs> I could do, do an okay Tony Soprano. Oh, I want to hear this. Do it. Next, next he's going to take away my Yoda impression. <laughs> Go on. Hey, Paulie, we got us a situation. I did that dug them. them last night. They hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that is an awesome impression. We got to get some stuff recorded with that. There you go. Exactly. Get some stuff queued up for damn Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely, we'll be asked back. Thank you so much for coming. I In fact, you may not let it. you leave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be, a, be a guest, be a co-host or something. That's uh, yeah. Right. There you go. We'll so describe you as a co-host. About, yeah, I think about that. Uh, yeah, somebody. Uh. Yeah, or somebody's. You know, if you don't want to, all the time. If one of us are sick or yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds great because I don't, don't do nothing. Don't on give him ideas. He may like you know get get you know plague and no, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't call, wait. Put it this way: don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll be calling. We'll be calling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hate All to do right. this. This All this right. hour went by so so fast. But, it sure did, man. It sure did. I, man, time flies when you're having fun, man. That's what they say. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. it is totally true. So, uh, but yes, cool. Thank you so, so much for being on tonight. It was a pleasure. No I hope no problem. Hope to have you back soon. And uh, yeah, we, we are definitely going to remember you saying that you're interested in being a co-host. We will not forget <laughs> yeah. that. I, I won't forget it either, brother. <laughs> I'm screwed it, now. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> oh, you Adam. Sure, you you my Jedi master, dude. I'm your Padawan now, man. <laughs> I, I'll, be another, I'll be getting another spinoff under my belt soon. There you go. <laughs> All right. So we are going to go ahead and wrap stuff up here, but I want to go ahead and let you give your parting shots, cool. Oh, I'd like to thank all you guys, you know, for, for letting me come on the show. I'd like to thank everybody from, from Turn Up the Light chat room, everybody in this chat room, you know, everybody everybody in the Weekly Radio and the Turnups and, and, and Kim. Uh, Kim Williams, I love you. Kenny, I love you. Uh, Deba, uh, Tom, uh, uh, Matt, P.S. Mueller, everybody, the whole gang. And uh, hey, once again, Doug, man, Doug and Sissy, uh, my homeboy Samuel, uh, uh, Jeff, 
everybody, I love y'all, man, and, and stay cool where you're at, right, and chilling right now. And that's all I can say. <laughs> I think all I right. sit on the shots. <laughs> Shout outs. <laughs> That is a good way to do it. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Cole. And um, we will go to Janet. Well, thank you, everybody. It was an awesome show tonight. We had Paul and Cole. I just loved it. And next week we have Francie and Macaroni. So I'm looking forward to that, too. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Um, And uh, Lisa. I just want to say um, good night, everybody, to all the listeners. And I also want to say that it was nice to meet uh, Paul and Cool Black Dude. And I hope that we'll have you back again soon, sometime in the future. All right. Sure will. Sure will come back. And Mr. Adam. Uh, Well, uh, we'll be having on uh, Joe Santorsa from Tim Cornwall Show on Mike Checkrio next week. Not for what you think. Not for politics. He's, He's a huge Doctor Who fan. And the season premiere was last night. So we're going to be talking, uh, we're going to be spending the third hour of uh, Mike Chakrayo next weekend talking about uh, Doctor Who. Uh, Well, we'll we'll probably get some other stuff and see if Joe might have some thoughts. But uh, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to it. I have, I, I, you know, my, my favorite doctor is Peter Capaldi. Or not Peter Capaldi. I'm sorry. He's the new doctor. David Tennant. But Peter Capaldi is a close second. There you go. He's really. No, he's really so. Yeah, Mike Check Radio, repeat Wednesday seven to ten, midnight uh, midnight on Bento Box, which I have to get to planning for this week. <laughs> am, I, am I forgetting anything important? Uh, I the the sci fi double feature. Ah, sci fi. Well, I don't know what's on tonight. Kenny did not say anything. Oh no. Well. No. Well, then I will uh, go ahead and finish this off then. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening, whether you were listening or in the chat room. It was a pleasure to have you here. I want to once again thank Paul from Paul's Memory Bank for being on from Dan Yankee and for sharing all of his wisdom. And I want to thank uh, Cool Black Dude again. You were an incredible guest. You, We have just had an amazing lineup so far, and, and I hope that it continues to be this good. Um So those of you listening to the South, keep that hope alive. Those of you up North, I hope you keep listening. And to everybody else out there, I hope that you have a wonderful evening and that you stay tuned for the late night double feature. We don't know what's on it, but it's on at 1030. And since Kenny picked it, you know, it'll be good. So with that, we close out our show. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, Chief. Good night, McLeod. (laughs) Bye, Jim Bob. Good night, John boy. I've got to let you go. Thank you so much. I okay, appreciate it. That's good. Wonderful that, to yeah, see you. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh, right. Yeah, great. You come back and see me, you hear? Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. <laughs>